0: Today's Transmissions podcast is brought to you by 80stees.com. 80stees.com has an incredible selection of Transformers shirts and hoodies, including some amazing Transformers costume hoodies. Transform into Grimlock, Megatron, or even Optimus Prime with the 80stees.com costume hoodies. Hey there, all sentient beings, and welcome to the Transmissions Podcast, where we talk about all news, toys, and comic books related to the Transformers. On this episode of Transmissions, we welcome Dan Bernstein, better known as E Before I in the Transformers community for his video reviews. We'll talk about IDW and their spoiler-heavy posts recently. And we'll review Transformers More Than Meets the Eye, Issue 25. We have all this and so very much more on this episode of Transmissions.
1: Welcome to Transmissions, the podcast that just found out that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Oh, uh, spoilers. I'm your host, Charles, a.k.a. Big C, and I'm joined by the excellent Transmissions team. Yusuf, better known as Yoshi. Yo! Jeremy, a.k.a. Yako; Hey. And Daryl. The Cybertronian beast. Hey everybody, how's it going? Let's talk Transformers. And Daryl has brought a guest with him today. So Daryl, why don't you introduce our special guest? Yes, talk about your special friend, Daryl.
2: Hey everybody, I brought a friend. Um, he is—he's uh, a video reviewer, best known on the uh, on the YouTube channel uh, E Before I. This is Dan Bernstein. Everyone, put your hands together.
3: Woo! Thank you. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me.
2: So, yeah, Dan is best known for uh, his YouTube channel and being uh, the, the personality e before i He's uh, recently started doing um, a weekly stream where he talks about WWE, Walking Dead, Doctor Who, uh, paranormal stuff, and, uh, of course, Transformers.
3: That's right. Yeah, I've uh I've been doing a weekly Ustream show, um sometimes every other week depending on on how the schedule's going. But uh yeah, we we try to just tie everything together and really selfishly so because I kind of look at it where if I have an interest in it, I'm going to throw it up on the show. So that's who knows where it's going to go. We could talk about scarves next week. But so uh how,
4: how do you think the Ghost of Starstream is going to do in the Royal Rumble?
3: <laughs> I I think he's going to do fine. Uh I think he's going to be contestant number 3 and uh yeah, he'll he'll do good.
2: So, let's get into a bit of an interview here I've got for you. First of all, Happy New Year, sir. Haven't talked to you since uh, the New Year.
3: Indeed, Happy New Year Year to you as well.
2: And did you get any uh, Transformers for Christmas? Did uh, anybody in your house get any Transformers?
3: I don't think anybody got Transformers for Christmas, but I think that's only because there is no special season where i get transformers like anytime i'm at the store i'll see something and end up picking it up and so i think all of my friends and family have said look enough is enough like here's here's some socks and and a shirt but uh no no optimus primes for you so yeah no no transformers specifically for christmas but i've had a steady stream of them coming in
2: nice um now who is dan who is the man behind E B 4 i
3: I'm just this dude, um, you know. I, I I um I started doing YouTube videos. Um, I, I guess it kind of goes back. I I have uh, two kids, and and my son is now six years old. He just had a birthday, and um, you know, I was a big, huge Transformer guy during Generation One. I don't want to say quite how old I am, ancient, but uh, <laughs> but but, I, but I've been around a little while, and so. You know, I was a big, big fan, and then I left the fandom for a while. Like, for a long time, I was out. And when the movies, uh, specifically when the new Bay movie hit, uh, I started to, you know, kind of take notice of things again. And I had a a daughter, uh, my son. I'm not sure that he was born when that first film came out, but uh, certainly my daughter was. And I thought to myself, this is my chance. You know, like I could maybe buy one, and I'm using air quotes here on the radio, for the kids <laughs> um, and and actually go and, and purchase something new. And when I did, it felt all kinds of wonderful, like this big Russian nostalgia hit me. Um, but the big difference between the Generation 1 toys that I grew up with and what's being released today is back when I was a kid, I would get this Transformer and about six moves later, you'd have a robot. And six moves later, yeah. he's back to a car. And so I, I think I got some form of bumblebee as one of the first ones coming back. And it's like, holy crap, like 27 moves later, and I'm still not getting the doors pegged in right. So yeah. I, I needed help, and the directions were terrible. And so I hopped on YouTube, <laughs> and I typed in something like, you know, bumblebee, frustrating packaging, you know, uh, big thumbs. And I put all this stuff in. And I got to a video of somebody doing a uh, review, and I think it was one of Pia's videos. Nice. And so I I watched it, and I'm seeing this guy very calmly go through the transformation, and he made it seem easy. And uh, even I got it done watching this video, and so I kind of put that in the back of my head, and I said, okay, fine. Uh, Then I bought another toy, same thing. I went straight to YouTube, and I put it in. And this went on for a period of time, and at some point... Uh, I just sort of thought to myself, uh, you know, this is something that I could see doing. And if I make two bucks here and there, so be it. But uh, but I-, I thought that I could, you know, kind of take this newfound passion of toy collecting. Uh, YouTube gave me a real excuse to buy more and not get kicked out of my house. Hey, I'm doing videos. I'm getting paid for it. So mm-hmm. I've since divorced. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there, there's that. Um, no, yeah. but that had nothing to do with toys. About to uh, so, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it gave me a, an outlet to, um, you know, start bringing these things in and actually sharing them with people. And if I help a few people in the process, then great. And it's, it's mm-hmm. been a blast. I'm, I'm having a great time.
2: Yeah, no, your, your reviews are fantastic and you definitely, you know, you get to look at some of the, some of the newest stuff coming out and, and, um, uh, and I remember a video you did a long time ago. You had uh your daughter standing next to you cuz she wasn't on camera but she was you know you 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 asked her for for something during the video and that was <laughs> that was quite fun.
3: Yes, yeah, the kids love it. Uh it it got to the point where I was having to edit my reviews real heavily because <laughs> my kids would talk all the way through it. And you'd hear yeah. me going, "Shut up, I'm trying. <laughs> Daddy's working." So yeah. uh, it, but it's it's been a blast. It's been real fun. Yeah.
2: My myself, personally, I can tell you, I have a four-year-old daughter who um, I I have to wait until either my wife and her are out of the house completely or everyone is asleep because she will come down and and sit right on my lap and and watch me do stuff. And I'm like, no, you can't be here when I'm doing this. You don't stop moving and you are uh, constantly chatting. (laughs) <laughs> so, so yep. the only thing I can do that when wh- while she's with me is take photos. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that works too. Yeah, yeah between yeah. the dog scratching and the cat meowing and all kinds of nonsense, yeah, you you yeah. have to pick and choose your times for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, outside of doing the reviews, what do, what do you do? Uh,
3: well, I, um, I I manage an IT uh, help desk for a retail furniture company. Okay. And, uh, so that that's my that's my real job. That's a job that that pays me. And uh and then I, I also do ghost hunting, uh, as part of the Taps family team here in Georgia. And right go out and on hunt on. for ghosts. And uh that's that's what I do outside of the toy reviews.
2: I T and hunting for ghosts.
3: You Kind of put the two together. You have a a, uh, yeah. a you know, a proton pack and uh
2: I think so. It's kind and, of a <laughs> Ghostbuster-y thing. And an iPad, there is a lot of ghost
4: hunting in IT when you're trying to track down you know <laughs> you know specific problems and stuff. You know, sometimes, sometimes the machines are possessed.
3: You know what's really crazy? Oh, they all are. But you know what's what's really crazy is that I met on uh, on YouTube another toy reviewer. Uh, his name is is Bob Gilmer. And mm-hmm. he also is a paranormal investigator for TAPS family in his state. And uh, really, what a That's weird, funny. what a weird small world that is. So, yeah, yeah. Very, very odd.
2: That is cool. That's very cool. Now, um, like we, I, I mentioned in the in the small intro, um, outside of Transformers and and paranormal, you do have some other interests. Did you want to uh, elaborate on those?
3: Um, sure, yeah. I mean, outside of uh, paranormal, so, uh, you know, we have, um, you know, I've been doing some reviews of, of some other things. And, and to make sure I'm on the right path, you're talking reviews themselves?
2: Yeah. I mean, okay. you can talk about whatever you want. This is your interview, but yeah.
3: <laughs> I will start asking myself questions. Uh, no, it's, <laughs> it's. Um, you know, I started, so, you know, I, I told you how I got into Transformers. Yeah. And, you know, I my channel's name is, is E Before I... Um, and I intend, I guess maybe I should explain that. Uh, a lot of people ask me what that means. My
1: mm-hmm. last
3: name is Bernstein, and I was looking for the name of a channel and, and, and Transformer names, you know, all the good ones are taken. You know what I mean? It's, I can't call myself like, like OptiHippopotamus, you know, <laughs> dot com. I, you know, there's only yeah. so much out there that's available. And then I thought that I didn't want to, uh, pick a name that strictly said, I do transformers because I at, right. I wanted to put some other things into the channel as well. So well, with my last name being Bernstein, you know the old I before E except after C. Well, with Bernstein, mm-hmm. the E comes before I, and there you have it. So that's how the name was born. It's goofy. It's it's especially yeah. goofy since I'm the only one that knows what it means until I I tell people. <laughs> but uh, it just kind of had a, a neat ring to it, and and I went with it. Um, one of the first review, in fact, the very first review I did was uh, I picked up my daughter's My Little Pony, and I filmed it. That's If you if you go to my channel on, on YouTube and search the very first one, mm-hmm. uh, it's a pony video, and that sucker got like 250,000 views, like some insane number of, wow. of views. And that was never my intention. It was really just a lighting test, and I put the thing up, and I'm talking about the toy, just kind of practicing, and I threw it up live. Well, since then... And really, just a little bit before that, um I discovered what the word brony" was and uh and I think I even mentioned that in my review and I got flooded with people that uh were in the uh the the brony universe um and and I answer everybody's question the same that asked this: uh, I am not one, uh but my daughter had so many of these pony toys that I would pull them in and do these reviews as if I was doing something else. And mm-hmm. every pony review that I did ended up being just enormous hits. Um, so I started a separate channel for my little ponies. And then and and I think there's three of those up on that channel. And then my daughter told me one day, she said, I don't like ponies anymore. It's <laughs> <was> like, What? <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm getting paid for this. Yeah. So uh I, I have not bought anything new there. Um, and it's been a long time since i've put one out, but i'll tell you what like there are so many people uh, a lot of guys, like a whole bunch of dudes out there, but they've all been super nice and you'll never hear me say anything bad about the bronies yeah. um I've also been doing some Doctor Who reviews uh, i'm a big Doctor Who fan. I know this is mm-hmm. a Transformers podcast, but uh no, that's okay. but a big Doctor Who fan grew up watching it, and when it relaunched in two thousand and five. I uh, thought it was fantastic, and so I started doing a few of those toys, and and that's going really well. Um, and just trying to to switch things up without losing the core base of people that have subscribed to my channel. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm never gonna abandon Transformers. I, I'm too, you know, I'm I'm too far into it. Nor would I want to, uh, because right. I'm I'm a big fan of Transformers. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's kind of what I've been doing on the side.
2: Right on, right on. Um, now. Are, hopping back onto the transformers wagon here. Are your are your kids getting into transformers?
3: Uh well, you know, so I mentioned my son uh, who's 6. Yeah. Uh, he he loves transformers, but he gets frustrated very easily if if he can't figure one out. Yes. Um and, and when he gets frustrated, he gets a little rough with it. Yeah. So it's it's pretty funny that in my house I've got a couple of shelves that are daddy's toys and oh boy, he knows better. Yes. <laughs> do not do not touch daddy's toys uh yes. but but he he left it for a while he was really big into ninja turtles and he's starting to come back uh for his birthday I got him the uh, platinum edition uh G1 release of Predaking wow nice and um and I'm giving him one figure a week okay uh, and, and and I'm I'm just letting him learn it inside and out so that he doesn't get frustrated and so <laughs> far he's digging it and I think that's his in back into uh into that's transformers cool. that's yeah. cool
2: yeah, I started my daughter with uh Rescue Bots.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, and it's it's worked pretty well. Uh, she's uh, she hasn't quite mastered the uh anything, you know, um beyond the Rescue Bots, but uh I think she's going I'm going to move her into Cyberverse figures.
3: Yeah. Next. No, that's a great idea. Um my daughter liked a you know, she liked Cyberverse figures for a while, but she's kind of left that as well. They were both huge fans of Transformers Prime, and so it was a uh, ritual for us uh, to watch the show together. we tape it and watch it on Saturday mornings and uh, right. had a great time with that.
4: Oh, yeah. How did you handle, like that's a kind of dark series at times. How did you handle that with the kids?
3: You know, my kids, my, my son, really anything that is kiddie based or, or based towards children, he hates it. You know, he, this guy, if there's not some form of shooting, he's not a fan. So <laughs> okay. I don't want to sound like the bad parent of the year, but uh, I, I felt like that show was okay. Some of the themes went over his head. So I wasn't that worried about that. You know, there's only so much he can comprehend. Uh, but the action and the things that were going on, uh, I think he was, he, he, he did okay. Oh, cool. cool.
2: Now <clears throat> you mentioned earlier that, uh, you, you got divorced and, and uh, I've been watching your, your stream and uh, you have a new woman in your life uh, autumn and uh, so how did you uh, convince uh, this pretty young lady that uh, that you are a big transformers fan you have a youtube <laughs> channel and that uh, that nerd life in, in general is a very sexy thing to be a part of
3: i think i tricked her i think there there might have been some <laughs> drinking involved possibly <laughs> Um uh, but uh it was great. I actually met her on a ghost hunting investigation. So she was uh ah. digging the paranormal stuff and, and still does. And Transformers, you know, she's not a big fan, but uh I've I've brought her into the geekdom of other things and uh we regularly watch uh Walking Dead. We're going to mm-hmm. catching up on Game of Thrones now and, and yeah. uh yeah, she's she's going full on geek now, so I'm I'm pretty happy about that.
2: Nice. So she's possessed, is what you're saying.
3: <laughs> it's quite possible. I, I may have cast some uh, ritualistic spell. I don't know. I'm, I won't admit that here. But, uh, nice. But, but it's gone real well, and to the point where I started uh, building back up my, my collector shelves again, and, and she has no—I mean, she's digging it. It's, it's all good.
2: Cool. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Now how long have you been a transformers fan you you, you talked about it as a kid and you you, you got it out of it uh, what got you into them first was it the comic the TV show or the toys uh,
3: it was it was the TV show for sure uh, when, when the TV show hit um, you know I was a kid when when g1 aired on television and uh, I fell completely the the moment that I saw I think it was even just the intro, where they're playing the cheesy guitar music, yeah. and uh, you've got Jazz transforming from, I think he's running, and transforms, and yeah. that scene just really, you know, hit me in a way that I can't really even fully explain. You know, I, I loved robots as a kid, uh, I kind of liked cars, I had matchbox cars and things, Yeah, and uh, seeing this kind of combination of uh, a robot that could turn into a car was phenomenal, And uh, at that moment, I became completely engrossed in it. And uh, I'm sure I killed my parents talking about all the different toys that I wanted. But they were, you know, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, but they were good to me and uh, spoiled me way more than they should have. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, I, I had quite a nice collection for a while. And it's funny because as a kid, and I've got these old pictures somewhere where I had this shelf in my bedroom. And on the shelf, I had all these Transformers, and I had these little labels, and I would name them. And I was a kid then. And you fast-forward <laughs> to now, and I'm doing the same stuff. It's like, what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> uh, other than the name tags. Uh, so yeah. it's, you know, it's... it's th- but, but I'd say the TV show, to answer your question, is, is definitely what uh, got me into it.
2: Nice. And now, since you've been doing uh, the, the reviews, um, have you been able to establish like a, a favorite figure among them that you've reviewed?
3: Um that's a good question. You know, I looking at the reviews that I, you know, through the different things that I've done. Um one of the transformers that surprised me the most and you know, really, you know, this isn't a a big deal among collectors I don't believe, but the uh Voyager animated Optimus Prime I thought was a wonderful figure. You know, I, mm-hmm. and I I didn't I didn't watch animated uh when it aired on television. I caught up later on. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I wasn't collecting toys at that time. I, I had not caught up with the television show. And so when I got that figure and transformed him for the first time, I just thought it looked great. And uh, yeah. I was really happy with that. Um, I've got a, a handful of Masterpiece figures that I have not put up yet on the channel that I'm working on. And uh, MP10 is wonderful. And that's probably the one that I've been most impressed with. Um, from a, just a sheer, you know... The the nostalgia factor, sure, and it's a great bot, you know. Yes. Uh, So I think that's uh, probably up there as well.
2: Nice. Now, is there a figure that you've always wanted uh, and still have not been able to get somewhat of a holy grail to you?
3: I don't think so. You know, MP10 was one for a while. I really wanted the figure. I missed out on the Toys R Us uh, release here, and uh, I ended up paying way too much money for it uh, on eBay. Um, but and that's one of those figures that I, I knew that I wanted. I knew I was going to get it. I thought perhaps there'd be a re-release, and I'd shoot myself later for paying what I paid. Um, but I, I don't have any regrets. I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm happy to have have gotten that one in. Uh, as far as you know, anything old or holy grail like from from an original release, probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I can't think of anything at the moment that I'm I'm really really after.
2: Now you mentioned the MP10 as your as you were pursuing it now, knowing that it came back as the Year of the Horse figure. Would that one have you know done justice to you as as being the uh, MP10 mold, or would you have stuck with the uh, still wanted the original MP10? Uh,
3: you know, as, as a guy that uh, paid, you know, I have paid whatever. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I want to say it was. Two hundred fifty, you know, three hundred, something like that. Yeah, large dollars. Um, Large (laughs) dollars, and um, you know, so so I'm the kind of guy that looks at the year of the horse release, and I try to convince myself that it's just terrible. You know, oh, it's got gold trim. That's a bunch of junk. Um, You know, I can't say like if I didn't have MP10, um, I might have jumped all over that. But uh, you know, the gold trim doesn't do much for me, and uh, and again, it's just me probably trying to make myself feel better about my spend. Um, but I'm like, oh, look at that crappy Autobot smeared-looking symbol. Ah, That's a bunch of garbage. But I'm sure that everybody who's bought them has been uh, through the roof, so good for them. Mm -hmm.
2: Now, going through your video library, um, is there a video amongst all of that that you look back on and wish that you could redo?
3: Oh, almost all of them, I think. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, uh, there when i look back and and i'll watch some of the old ones every so often just because i think it's important it's not really an ego thing but you have to watch your own if you're a, if you're a serious toy reviewer in my opinion i think you have to watch your own videos because you are going to be your own worst critic yes and so i'll go back and watch some of these older ones and i just cringe so you know i'd say the first half of the videos that i've posted i'd love to redo um and even some of the more recent ones you know i i watched back recently my Kalis review. Okay. And um and that was the third party swoop. And I put that thing out. I was in a real hurry to get it out. And I was doing it on Christmas Eve and I holed up in a room and and I I, mm-hmm. I cut the thing and I was doing real hard edit chop chop chop. And I look back at that and go, oh man, I'd love to just redo it and make it smoother. Um mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a continual learning process. It's something that never you know, the, the learning curve, to me, never should go away. You know you should always learn from, no. from what you put out. And so, you know, I, I've kind of gotten to the point where I, I'm, I'm not going to redo anything, you know, no matter how terrible some of these things end up. Um, it is what it is, and hopefully I'll, I'll learn from it and move on. So I don't think mm-hmm. I would change anything specifically.
2: No, I can tell you from my own personal experience, when I first started, I had a really shitty camera and and really crappy lighting cuz i'm down here in a basement and yeah. um my my figures that i wanted to do were all my best figures and i'm like i'm going to do this one cuz it's the i'm really proud of this <laughs> so i'm using all my best figures with all the crappiest stuff and yeah those are my those are my first videos and <laughs> i wish i could redo all of them i wish i could yeah. and, and you, you don't want to go back and redo them you know, because those are, you're established, you know, that's what got you going. But, uh, but yeah, that's, you know, that's what we do. I think you, you just progress. It, right.
3: I think so. And I think looking back on, I don't care how big the reviewer is. If you go back and look at some of the older videos of the top five YouTube reviewers of transformers, I think all the early ones were terrible. I think so, Yeah. you know, but, but, but everybody starts somewhere and everybody's equipment gets updated and you just make the best of it as you can. And you either, move on with it, or you give up and move on to something else.
2: That's right. Uh, Yoshi, you had a question?
0: I did. I kind of wanted to ask uh, if you can quickly talk about your process of recording and editing and what software you use and 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 any tips or tricks you might have.
3: Oh, yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I, I record all of my videos on an iPhone 5S, uh, and I put it in a tripod, and I don't use um, – And this, you know, a lot of people are using these fancy cameras. The iPhone 5S has a wonderful camera. Uh, But the trick to it is if you have multiple light sources in your room, it's going to keep trying to grab onto the different shades of colors and your videos will get bright and dim and bright and dim. Um, So you want to keep your lighting consistent. And uh, I'm using all the same type of, of bulb and umbrella. And I've got currently probably too many, but I think I'm using six bulbs on tripods. Uh, in my room. And um, a- a- and the key with the iPhone, if you're going to shoot on an iPhone, you want to hold down the screen until it focuses in and locks that focus. Because if you don't do that, it's still going to hunt and peck. Even if your lights are all the same, uh, you'll start getting these weird kind of effects coming back on, on the phone's video. Uh, so I lock it in, If I need to zoom in on something, unfortunately, with the, I I would never use the digital uh, zoom on the iPhone. So I'll I'll literally just move the tripod. And then as I'm editing the video, I'll cut out all those little spaces in between so that people don't have Mm -hmm. to see that. Um, but you know, the, the, the key is, and I think six lights are are too many. I just, I, I record in a fairly decent sized room. Um so it, you know it, it can hold it and I do most of my reviews at night so I'm not fighting with the outside light sources uh through the windows. Um for editing I use uh, iMovie uh, through Apple and it works great. Now iMovie 10 I think is the newest release and it's absolutely terrible. So I've gone back and I'm using the prior release and uh, anyone who uses a Mac whether you know it or not, you still have the old release out there. And it's, uh, I'll tell you what it is. It's iMovie, uh, 9.0.9 9 is, is the version that I use.
0: What OS are you using for giggles?
3: <laughs> um, the, the latest, uh, Mavericks is what I'm okay. using. Okay. Yep. So, um, it's, it's been a, a pretty simple process. Um, I, I do tend to over edit my own videos because one thing that drives me nuts when I'm watching things, and again, it's just all my opinion of, stuff that I see is um, I'll watch a reviewer who's an excellent speaker you know they're real personable but then they get stuck on a transformation and there's this you know minute and a half of fidget time with no talking Um, or you know if camera gets out of focus and you're screwing around with that and I don't like watching that as a viewer and so I'll go in through iMovie and I'll take all these little clips out so that what people are getting when they see it is kind of a you know, bottom line me, here's the figure, here's the transformation, um, and taking all of the filler stuff out. Now, again, I think critiquing my own stuff, I do tend to over edit. So I'm kind of working that out and, and we'll see where it goes. But that's, uh, the basic process. Um, you know, I see a lot of people use phones for reviews. You, you really gotta put that on a tripod. Um, you know, get it, get it stationary. And, uh, and lighting is important. I don't, I, again, I don't think you need six. I think three or four bulbs would be plenty. Um, And try to limit your light source coming in from other areas other than the bulbs that you're using to light your table.
0: Can I ask one last question about the tripod? Certainly. So is the, is the tripod a tool for you because you're, you're usually handling objects or because you can't stand the shaky cam firefly effect?
3: Uh, so I guess it's twofold. Yeah, I I definitely need my hands, uh, especially for transformer reviews. Um, so there's that, and then uh, yeah, the shaky cam stuff uh, does drive me a bit batty. Gotcha. Right on. Thanks.
2: I'm, I myself do use a a phone as well. I use my BlackBerry Q10, and um, uh, aside from the, our difference from the the iPhone is I have removable memory. So I, I generally, when I'm done shooting my videos, I just pop the memory card out of it, throw it in my computer, and upload my videos that way. Um, but uh, but I use um, Movie Maker, so it's just it's probably the shittiest editing software out there, but
3: uh, <laughs> you know if it does the it job works. it doesn't matter you know we could we could all spend you know so much money on this stuff, but you really don't have to there's a lot of good freebies no. out there and uh yep. and I think you can get a decent looking product with very little money
2: mm-hmm oh for sure now you you've uh, you've talked on length uh through your uh uh streams and and whatnot that uh, that you're in in uh, atlanta, Georgia, so what would you say the Transformers scene is like in, in in atlanta and um and are there any conventions or toy shows that you go to? that kind of thing?
3: It's a very bashful scene, but there is a scene. you know no one okay. talks about it, but you know the scalpers are all out in full force, and it's hard to come upon a new current you know uh, desired release unless you get there quickly after it goes out on the shelf because my local the stores that I have here local are just your standard Toys R Us, your, your Target, and, mm-hmm. and Walmarts and such. And, uh, you know, the the highly desired figures will go very fast in all of these locations. Uh, but there are no conventions. People don't talk about Transformers much here. It's uh, not a lot going on unless you really start poking around and, and looking for it. Mm-hmm.
2: So if you wanted to obtain some G1 figures... Would there be a place locally that you could go, uh, or are you pretty much limited to online retailers uh, for everything that there, isn't current?
3: There are a handful of comic shops local that you can go to. There's one right by my house called Kapow Comics. I think not not affiliated with Kapow Toys, uh, but um, it, you know they they have some decent stuff. Uh, but for the most part, you're going to have to go online uh, at least around mm-hmm. where I'm at. Yeah,
2: um, yeah. So no, that's. It's always good to be able to to get some something old in person, uh, especially if you want to be able to visually inspect it. That kind of thing. That's just
3: why I, I think that's that real question. important. Yeah, it's real important because pictures don't do vintage figures justice. I mean, I no. I've got figures from my own collection that I could make look wonderful, <laughs> but yes. you know, you get it in hand and it's got loose joints and the tire rubbers coming off, and it's just you know, you really have to. I mean, you can do it and you might get lucky. But it really yep. does help to be able to see a figure in person like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, now, have you ever been to a convention like uh, like Botcon or uh, or my personal favorite TFCon?
3: I have never been to a convention. No, I would very much oh. like to. This might be the year. Uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, but yeah, so far I've not been to one. I would love to go to a place and talk nothing but Transformers. Uh, there's yeah, right. a there's a local thing here called uh, Summer Sci-Fi Con that hits, and I, I was really hoping that there'd be some Transformers representation there. I did a, a paranormal stint there, but uh, just and there were a lot of toys, but there weren't any—not even one table with Transformers. So that was that was disappointing. Wow. I, so I'd I'd love to hit a convention. Yeah, I've, uh, I've never been to a
1: convention either, and that's something I'd like to cross off my bucket list this year.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt.
4: No, you're you said you're in Georgia. There's a in right. Charlotte, there's a convention that started up a couple of years ago called Charticon that's transformers focused. That might be easy for you to get to.
3: Yeah, most certainly. And Charlotte's not far. It's uh it's about a 3 or 4 hour drive for me. So uh that's something I could certainly look at.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, was there a certain moment that you can recall when you decided to start doing the uh YouTube reviews?
3: Um, you know, it was probably just after watching a handful of reviews for just for my own help, you know, and, and, um, you know, I I work in it, uh, but I went to school for radio broadcasting and that's, that's been a a bit of a passion of mine. And, and it's just sort of putting the things together. I had some equipment, I didn't have any lighting, but I I definitely had a, at at the house I was in a built in kind of nook that I looked at and I thought, you know, if I stuck a camera there, it'd (laughs) look great. Yeah. Um and so it just sort of hit me there. I would say probably um you know after watching five or six videos just for my own help that I needed personally is uh when I thought that maybe I could give that a go.
2: Now, what is it that y- that you would say that you personally gain from doing the reviews other than obviously the the monetary uh gain which um I don't know for you for myself it's it's not overly big. <laughs>
3: Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I, so I cannot, uh, certainly make a living on, on this at, at this point, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. the monetary gain has, has gone up and down, uh, throughout the past year. It, it, it's funny. It's so hard, uh, at least at my level to predict what a review is going to do where you, you'll hit a string where you'll get two and three thousand views a hit and then your next one will be 150. So yeah. consistency has been the, the issue with me there. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, it's one of those, um, as far as what it does for me, I guess a a few different things. Uh, It gives me an outlet to talk about something that I am passionate about, that I enjoy. Um, and it gives me kind of a purpose, you know? Uh, So it's not just that I'm, I'm buying these figures now and displaying them, which is all good and well by itself. Um, but it kind of gives me a motivation to keep that going and to, you know, if I can help somebody, great. Um, you know, I think with everybody, there's a bit of an ego boost there. If, if people watch your reviews and it, it's not all about that, but certainly, you know, you, you want people to enjoy what you're doing. Yes. Um, but I, but I think for the most part, it's really just having this online avenue where you can talk about something that you love and, uh, and, meet people through the as i've met you guys uh meet people that uh share a similar interest that i wouldn't normally find uh just sitting by the coffee maker at my own job
2: yeah i can i can tell you for myself and i think i may have talked about this on the show already but um i, w- I was never a guy that opened my figures i would buy them leave them in the box and just kind of display them and it was getting ridiculous i just had walls and walls of boxed figures and uh and I, I I saw somebody doing a review, and I was like, you know what? If I did that, I could. It would give me a reason to open my figures. And, and, <laughs> yes. And, and that was that was my my start. That was that was what made me start doing it. Definitely. Uh, Charles, you had a question.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to know if you like getting uh, feedback on your reviews, and do you enjoy you know conversations with people who, who watch your views, or do you, do you get a lot of feedback, or? validation that that's something that uh we're always looking for on the podcast too
3: yeah so i love uh i, I absolutely love getting feedback on my videos and uh the feedback is is real healthy right now i'm getting quite a bit and uh at least at this point i i make it a point to answer every post that hits a video now that may change you know tomorrow but i, I certainly have been able to do that so far and uh you know, not all of them are going to be what you want to hear, whether they disagree with your review, uh, or they don't like the figure and, uh, you know, take their hate for the figure out. And that, that's one thing that'll drive you nuts is you'll get an automatic thumbs down, not because they don't like your review, but because they think the figure's crap, which I think is a bit backwards. Um, but overall, I mean, the vast majority of comments uh, are are overwhelmingly positive and uh and it's real fun to get feedback on this stuff because I it's important to know I think what people are digging what they're not into um not that it would necessarily impact what I do but it's just good to know what you know the general consensus is of of a figure you know th- there may be you know like this uh I think we'll talk about this later but the um uh, you know this new age of extinction. optimist that pictures have leaked out. You know it might look awful, but if I get it in hand and I like it, I'll tell you I like it. And the feedback's going to say, "No, no, you're wrong. It's terrible." But uh, but it, it's it's good to know. I think what people feel about something just to uh, get an idea of of what's going on out there.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, Dan, are you are you? Would you say you're naturally extroverted?
3: Yeah, um, maybe to an extent. Um, I guess it depends on on the situation, but uh, perhaps to an extent, sure.
2: I just seem it seem like ext- extroverted people seem to be um, built better for for the uh, the reviewing community. I feel,
3: yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, my biggest problem at times is just, uh, dude, stop talking,
2: okay? <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, yeah, I'd say maybe to to an extent,
2: and definitely uh, being extroverted leans quite well to uh, Ustream. stream. Um, because you're facing everyone, and it's just you. Yeah, it's, you're not. you're yeah. not. You're not behind the camera. You're you're facing everybody, and and you are the show. Um. So what what made you decide to start uh, doing the uStream shows?
3: Um. You know, I I just I I had a bunch of things that I I wanted to talk about that didn't fit in a video review. I wasn't reviewing anything per se, but I had interest that I wanted to speak. You know, to people and get their feedback and opinions. Uh, you know, I watched the finale of Doctor Who. Let's talk about it. You know, hey, what happened on Monday Night Raw? Let's talk about it. And uh, so I started doing the Ustream as a way to, you know, basically get feedback and make it a lot more casual. You know, the reviews tend to take some time. You know, I'll upload a video and I'll monkey with it for a couple of days and get the editing done. With the Ustream, you flip it on and you talk. And uh, I wasn't sure... How that was going to go the first time I did it, but it ended up being pretty comfortable because as I'm talking to essentially my computer, um, yes. I, I I sort of just look at it like there's one person in the room with me, and in some cases maybe <laughs> there is, uh, but I, I I take that approach, and then you upload it, and you don't know where it's gonna go. You know, I'll I'll stick a copy of all these things up on YouTube, and that quiet conversation you had with one person. Um, ends up getting hundreds of hits, and uh, so it, it's been fun, and you know something that uh, I'll definitely keep doing.
2: Right on. Well, I look forward to being a part of those in the future.
3: Yeah, and thank you. Uh, we had a good time talking about your best of figures. Uh, I guess that was right before the new year, and uh, went really well.
2: Yeah. Um, no, that was a that was a really good video uh, or conversation. Uh, I, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed that uh, immensely. Um, now, have you ever been surprised? By the views on on a particular video has there ever been one that you thought oh man this isn't going to get you know tons and tons of vid- views or uh, and got none or you know you put one up and thought oh this one's not going to do overly well but i need a video and it just you know went through the roof
3: um i you know so i wasn't sure i, I started doing a couple of star wars reviews because again it was it was sort of a uh, uh it was a thing that I did as a kid, you know, I collected Star Wars figures like every other kid when, when that movie hit. And so, I was pretty excited to get a figure in that was a new release, and I put it out there, and I think six people watched it. Not really, but very yeah. few people watched it. <laughs> and I was really surprised, because that's right when the Black Series hit, and I thought, you know, there's a good chance that this could blow up. And it just didn't. Yeah. It, it to the point where I took it off the channel. I was, it was, <laughs> it was embarrassing me by sitting there. So, uh <laughs> so I pulled it. Um, as far as something that did better than I thought, um, when I started doing the Takara releases of the Beast Hunters figures, or okay. not, not the Beast Hunters, the Transformers Prime figures. Um, before Beast Hunters, right. when Wild Rider came out and yes. and uh, Smokescreen and all that and. and so I bought a few of those in, and as I'm putting stickers on these things, because unlike most Takara figures that have this you know, fantastic paint uh, for the Transformers Prime releases, as you all know, uh, they were sticker fests, yes. and boy do I hate putting on stickers. <laughs> I <Yeah>. mean, like <laughs> It is a pain in the butt, and so I'm sure. sitting there putting stickers sure. on Wild Rider going – Boy, this thing better get 50 views, cause I'm ticked off right now. And uh, and it blew up, and that thing went huge. And uh, I think every Takara figure that I bought in did really, really well. So uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised by that.
2: Yeah, good, good. Um, now switching gears to uh, something that uh, um, I, I just I, I, I'm curious to know your opinion on them. Um, what do you What are your thoughts on on the new ConstructaBots and, and Creo in, in general? something that's definitely not Transformers as we as we know them.
3: Sure. Um Constructobots, my only experience is I bought the Starscream release for my son and, and and I guess I should go back and say that I was always terrible with Legos. Like I I could I was just awful. I didn't have the patience for it. Okay. Um I I wasn't very creative with them, you know. So I didn't really plan on, on getting any of these things outside of maybe for my kids. And, uh, so I bought my son the star screen bot. Pretty cool. A weird, weird face paint issue. <laughs> I think it's, she had a, a weird quality control issue, but, um, it's not, definitely not my bag. I, I don't, I don't like it. Hard to explain. It, it feels like. A bit of a play school toy, even though it's a lot more involved than that. You're building something, it it allows you to be somewhat creative, but just not my thing. Uh, The Mm -hmm. the Crayons, kind of the same boat. Um, I bought the Bumblebee, I guess the deluxe uh, Creo figure for my daughter, and uh, had a blast putting it together. And I thought that it felt pretty good, but... Boy, do I not have the patience to transform it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm not taking apart something that i spent any amount of time on to put back together again. So, yeah, I, I I, appreciate what they are, and I think it allows you to actually, you know, use your head and, and build things and be creative, but not my cup of tea.
2: Now, with the Creo, um, the Creo sets, which I think is what you're saying, you got the, mm-hmm. the Creo set. Um, yes. the crayons are, are separate things where they're just like little figures, the little tiny Lego oh, sure. figure guys. Um, have you had any experience with those?
3: Uh, I have, I, I don't remember. I think it was a, um, oh, which one did I get? I don't remember which one. It was one of the little transformer jet, uh, uh okay. figures. I don't, I don't remember which one. Uh, it's cute, you know, but again, not, not really my cup of tea. Yeah.
2: All right. Um, I, I feel generally the same way when it comes to the constructor bots. Um, I, I just I can't get into them. Um but uh Creo I, I, I kinda have a soft spot for it. I, I, I want it to do well. I really like the Creons myself, um, but I haven't gone really too too much into the Creo sets.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're not bad. They they feel pretty good in your hand, uh, but I'm telling you, if I build something especially those big uh, uh no, they're not coming apart. Not no, even once. Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> <laughs> unless it unless it falls off the shelf and explodes, it ain't coming yeah. apart.
2: No. Um now the next question I wanted to talk about was Transformers Prime. Uh we had talked talked about it a bit cuz you said you watched it with your kids. Um what did you think of the show on a, as a whole?
3: Um I I loved the show as a whole. Now that being said, uh there were a handful of episodes that were literally filler episodes uh that mm-hmm. that were a bit boring to watch and didn't really further the plot. I thought there were not enough unique Decepticons, if we're going to get into the detail. right? Um, And really Autobots for that matter. I mean, it just, it had a really small cast, Um, but I'm telling you what, I was glued to the television, watching that thing with both my kids, and I make no you know, I'm not the guy that's going to say, oh, I watched it because my kids want. No, no. I put that thing on and they were in the room with me, (laughs) you know? Yes. Um, Yeah. So I, I, I loved it as a whole. Um, you know the way that it ended I uh, I thought was okay uh the movie was okay but if I look at the whole series uh I, I was very pleased with it very happy
2: yeah uh what would you what would you be or sorry what would you say is your top 5 transformer shows like where would you rank them
3: um You know, that would be interesting for me. I've probably only watched four of them, and I may be wrong about that, but certainly all of the G1 episodes, um, I eventually caught up on all of animated. I started watching Beast Wars, didn't quite get all the way through it, but I thought it was great, Uh, and then Transformers Prime. If I had to put those in order, I would have to, uh, yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough Mm -hmm. question. I think, and this may be just pure selfish nostalgia, but G1 will always have that spot for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back and watching some of those episodes now, they're a bit cheesy. The animation was clumsy. <laughs> whole bunch of mistakes, which are funny, oh, funny, funny yeah. stuff to watch. Yeah. Um, I, in fact, I was watching an episode the other day where uh, Starscream was talking to Megatron and the camera pans. And now he's Skywarp talking to Megatron in Starscream's voice which is great. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so uh, you know, Just littered and, and, with mistakes. Oh, it really was, but that's yeah. part of the charm of it. Yes. Um y- you know, I put uh yeah I'd put maybe Prime and uh and animated on the same level, albeit vastly different shows. Um and then followed closely by by Beast Wars.
2: Right. On. Now we've tried to. We've been speculating a lot on the show about what the next incarnation of Transformers uh, will will be. Uh, is there anything you're kind of hoping for?
3: I'll tell you. I'd like to see a continuation of the story. Um, you know, there have been some people that say that. Uh, can we? It's been on for a while. Can we say spoilers, or should I keep it spoiler free in case the two people haven't watched the the final episode?
2: Oh yeah, we're, we've talked about it enough.
3: Yeah, I,
4: I think spoilers okay, for for. Anything Transformers Prime, the period's ended.
3: Yeah, I, I think the vast majority of the people listening to this, obviously, have 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 watched it. Um, yeah. But, uh, so, there's some people that have gone down the path that Optimus Prime has survived. Uh, some people say, no, no, it's clear he didn't. Whatever, I don't care. I, I kind of <laughs> like to see Optimus Prime take a bit of a break, even if not permanently. It's never permanent. But I'd no. like to see a bit of a continuation of the story to where they do something uh, with Smokescreen. You know, let him become a Prime. Um, I saw some really cool art that somebody did recently on what a primed-up Smokescreen would look like, and it was wonderful. Um, cool. You know, we don't have a, a hot rod Rodimus for Prime, so they they could do that with Smokescreen, and I think he's got the kind of personality to make that happen. Uh, yeah. Also. At the time, you know, as I watched that final movie with Bumblebee being able to speak, uh, he and Smokescreen were kind of like, wow, you got two of almost the same character on screen now. Uh, I yeah. mean, they're different, but same concept. So I'd like to see it go in a different direction. Uh, Smokescreen gets the uh, the Matrix or whatever he needs now uh, to become a Prime and see where it goes. Now, maybe even a different animation style. I love the Prime animation style. Uh, but I understand that it was difficult and costly to make. So, if they go to a simplified animation or or something a bit basic, that's fine. As long as the story's there, then mm-hmm. uh, then I'll I'll be involved in it.
2: I think that's pretty much the only thing we've actually heard about the show is that the animation's going to be different. So, I yeah, think you'll get that one.
3: Yep, yeah. and and you know, I, you, and you can never go wrong with Dinobots. So, uh, <laughs> bring me bring bring on some Dinobots.
2: Throw some Dinobots in the show, uh, Charles. Exactly. You got a question?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to ask, uh, since we've talked a little bit about the shows and uh, you know, you said that was how you got into Transformers and that was me too when I was a kid. But I uh, transitioned into the comics after the show ended back in the 80s. So I was just wondering if you had ever uh, gotten into the comics at all or if you had never really looked at them at all.
3: I'd never really looked at them because I was never really big into comics growing up. Uh, I, I'm sure I would love them if I got them. Um, I had actually downloaded a comic, um, and I, I couldn't even tell you which one it is. But uh, it, it was a Transformers comic not long ago. Um, I think it was the one with Sir Kett, um in the Beast Hunters story, but – an Ultra it's, Magnus. Uh, it, Rachel you know, and that, that deal. Uh Yes, yes. Um, and I liked it, I, and I read that to my son, and he enjoyed it. But I just haven't really uh, uh, gotten seriously into that yet.
2: Well, if uh, any, if Transformers stops producing TV shows, you've got a vast, vast amount of stories to go on for years.
3: <laughs> oh, no question. And as long as the movies keep making money, there'll always be a feature film.
2: Uh, yeah, there'll always be something coming. Yeah. Um, now we touched on it earlier. The that uh, we you had me on your stream talking about the best toys of 2013, and um, like, uh, do you think it was a good year for uh, for toys 2013?
3: I think it was a great year for toys. Uh, I, and and honestly, each year over the past, I'd say, you know, three years or so, ha- has gotten progressively better, and there seems to be a clear path of what's happening. Um, you know, two things have happened, I think, that, that made 2013 a great year. Number one is that third party really came into focus, and you had a lot of companies that were making and I say a lot, there really were a small handful doing the real quality stuff, but it was really quality stuff. Yes. Um so you had third party really coming to the table and filling in gaps where the main lines were not. But then in counter of that, you had the main lines going, Well we need to up our game. You know, we're mm-hmm. we're not gonna let third party have all the fun. And uh Masterpiece started getting better. Uh, even the mainline releases on their, you know, the generations and, and so forth, while not perfect, I think we've gotten some really, really good toys this year. Yeah. And, uh, and that was without a Michael Bay movie. Uh, that was without, you know, that was literally just a television show and the generations line, uh, for, for mainline really, I think, came to the table. So uh, overall, I think a wonderful year, and everything I'm seeing so far into 2014, it just might top it.
2: Mm-hmm. So you're saying it's, you've, you've seen it just getting progressively better?
3: I am. Now, you know, Transformers uh, in general, is, as far as the mass appeal, you know, could be cyclical. I think it goes up and down, um, and this may be no exception, but I definitely still see it rising up. and And a new movie... Certainly won't hurt that. You know that brings the general public into the movie theater with a big bucket of popcorn, watching these giant robots on screen, and that uh, does nothing but I think help the overall fandom. Every, you know, every single year you got a kid who's grown up, and, and I think that's right. Some of these kids have like myself. You you lose touch with it, and it takes just that little certain something to bring you back. And it's it's currently I I think still on the upswing. Mm-hmm.
2: Would you say that there's a moment for Transformers uh, that you wish things could go back to and just stay the way they were forever?
3: I don't think so. Um, You know, I think perhaps the biggest problem, if I were to pick apart Transformers Prime, uh, it's the fact that they rehashed, you know, uh, characters when the same thing happens in Hollywood, the same thing happens in most of entertainment, where, you know, you, you get stuck on an idea and... You know, one thing that uh, was apparent to me was um, in watching the most recent Star Trek film, um, which brought back Khan. Mm -hmm. You know, they had such a wonderful movie if you took the Khan bit out of it. You know, it it was such a great film. But I think that you get so wrapped up in nostalgia that you want to keep things at a certain level. But everything else around you progresses. You know, life changes, technology changes. Uh, people's tastes change. And while you might, you know, really, uh, you know, yearn for a certain period of time or the past, I want to see this thing keep moving. I want to see new care. I want to see the next Optimus Prime, Right. you know, that's, that's, that's what I want to see. So I, I wouldn't go back and change and, uh, to any period and, and stay static. I want to keep seeing the evolution of the brand.
2: Nice. Now for 2014, is there anything that you're particularly looking forward to this year? We kind of touched on this on your stream.
3: Yep, yep. So, um, you know, I, I definitely want to see – and Michael Bay movies aren't for everybody. Uh, the robots that they uh, come up with aren't for everybody. But I definitely want to see what's new in that space. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to see old names tied to these weird-looking th- – I don't want to see another Wheeljack with, with uh, Einstein hair. I, n- <laughs> I never want to see that. Um <laughs> But, uh, but I'd like to see what comes out next. Uh, third party, I, I think Warbitron caused me to drool on my keyboard at one point. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's that. Um, a- and, you know, I want to see what's coming up next in Masterpiece. I think you all will talk about this later, but I think there's a lot of, of good stuff coming ahead there.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Oh, there's lots of, 2014 is going to be, going to be a good year for figures for sure. Whether you, yeah. whether you, uh, are into the bay movies are not. Um there's gonna be stuff outside of the movie figures that uh, that'll be able to tickle your fancy for sure.
0: Whether you have the budget for it or not.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Unfortunately. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just look at the price of uh Warbitron It's, what five, six hundred dollars oh, where my I come God. from
2: it's gonna be so good though.
3: <sighs> yeah.
2: What would you say is your favorite Transformers quote?
3: Favorite Transformers quote? I don't know. That would probably have to be. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think anything will ever be transform and roll out. People that don't watch Transformers know transform and roll out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I say that at work, and people look at me like I'm crazy, but they know what I'm talking about. You know. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that would probably be it. But I, I'm sure if uh, somebody gave me a, a list of you know ten quotes, I, I'd pick maybe ten other ones. But that's the one that comes to mind right now. Nice.
2: All right, we're going to move into our rapid fire questions. Um, these are going to be easy. You thought the uh, if you thought the other ones were a little bit more difficult, you're in for a you're in for a nice easy easy uh, <laughs> close out of the interview here.
3: Nice, I'm ready. Let's do this.
2: All right, um, Autobot or Decepticon? Decepticon. Who is your favorite Decepticon? Megatron. Nicely done. Uh, Transformers Bay movies one, two or three? Uh, three. All right. Uh, Megan Fox or Rose Huntington Wheatley. Both, please. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, this is a comic-based uh, question, so you may not have an answer for this one. But more than meets the eye or robots in disguise.
3: Chicken McNuggets. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know.
2: <laughs> Third-party toys, yes or no? Yes. Cats or dogs?
3: Uh, I'd like to see if we can't uh, combine the two in some way. Yeah, <laughs> let's 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 get a hybrid going.
2: <laughs> all right uh coffee or tea
3: coffee by a country mile
2: <laughs> chicken or steak
3: ah uh, chicken yes uh yeah uh. okay steak that's not a waffle house steak <laughs> okay that might even be chicken i'm not sure
2: <laughs> we don't have waffle houses here in canada so <laughs> I'll, I'll take your if word you for f- it It could be chicken yeah, stay steak. away stay <laughs> away
3: from the steak at waffle house indeed <laughs>
2: okay uh, Pepsi or Coke? Coke. You're the hometown of Coke, right? It's
3: yes, man. I can't. That's right. That's right. I, I, I don't really have much of a choice, and uh, here's hoping for a sponsor. So
4: that's what you <laughs> <what she> get. <laughs> y- you would be disowned.
3: <laughs> that's right. Uh, but I was born in Detroit, Michigan, so I'm all about uh, Pepsi and pop and all this and that and the other.
2: <laughs> uh, Burger King or McDonald's?
3: <sighs> McDonald's.
2: History or science?
3: Science.
2: Xbox or PlayStation?
3: Used to be Xbox, now PlayStation.
2: Oh, what changed?
3: Uh, what changed was uh, when I heard that the uh, lead designers for the 360 stepped down and Steve Ballmer, the CEO of Microsoft, said, I got this, I bailed immediately. I canceled my pre-order <laughs> because I knew I knew where he was going to take this thing, and I, I think I was right. That might be controversial, but... Uh, yeah p s four for me
2: right on uh call of duty or battlefield
3: uh, uh call of duty
2: p c or mac
3: mac all the way
2: iphone or android uh iphone yeah marvel or d c marvel who is your favorite marvel character
3: oh my favorite marvel character um can i can i pick more than one
2: sure what the hell
3: i i i think i'm kind of looking at uh Spider Man by an inch. Uh, no, we'll stick with Spider Man. Spider Man it is.
2: Who were you toying up, toying it with?
3: Uh, with Captain America, but uh, screw him. He's 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 worthless. Spider Spider Man it is. Spider.
2: <laughs> uh, Stallone I mean, or I mean, Schwarzenegger? I mean,
3: really, the, the guy just took steroids and put on a suit. So that's you know, true, it's right?
2: It's yeah, true, right? It's just right.
3: steroids. Yep. Stallone or Schwarzenegger? Ah, uh, Stallone. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what, though, real quick. I saw the most recent Stallone film, uh, maybe not the most recent, but uh, the one where he's in the small town and he's, like, drinking his coffee, and l- that movie was great. So, uh, maybe a Stallone, maybe a Schwarzenegger comeback. We'll see.
2: Uh, Scarlett Johansson or Angelina Jolie?
3: Uh, both, please. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Challenge accepted,
2: sir. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. Uh Twilight or the Hunger Games?
3: Oh Hunger Games, yeah for sure.
2: Okay. Uh Pixar or DreamWorks?
3: Uh, Pixar.
2: Star Wars or Star Trek?
3: Star Wars. Okay.
2: Simpsons or Family Guy? Simpsons. Okay. Walking Dead or Game of Thrones?
3: Oh, come on. That's nice that can't <laughs> be a real question. I'll take both, please.
2: <laughs> Alright. Um NFL. MLB, NHL, or NBA? WWE. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a sport.
3: <laughs> yeah, I've never been a big sport guy myself.
2: Uh, Porsche, Ferrari, or Lamborghini?
3: Uh, Lamborghini. Cool doors.
2: Very cool doors. And blonde, brunette, or redhead?
3: Uh, I'll take all for 300 Alex. <laughs> noticing a trend well here.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. Very done. Nicely done. We are finished, Dan. Uh, thank Woo-hoo. you very much for the interview. And, thank you so uh, much for yes, having me. Very good answers. And we now know lots more about, uh, you e before I
3: yes to, uh, maybe the dismay of some, but, uh, thanks <laughs> for asking. No problem. I had a lot of fun. Th- thank you so much.
2: No problem. And if you'd like, you can hang around and we'll talk some more transformers.
3: If, if you'll have me, sure.
2: Yeah. Now I, I graciously hand over the microphone to Charles who, uh, who has been sitting quietly for uh, the majority of the interview and is eagerly awaiting to uh, to take over and speak?
1: <laughs> I, I actually enjoy uh, you know listening to the conversation, so <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty good.
2: All right, well, I'm I'm eagerly awaiting giving it over and uh, <laughs> and
3: shutting
1: up. <laughs> okay, well, b- before we wrap it up, uh, Dan, just uh, can you tell us uh, where we can find your videos on YouTube?
3: Oh sure, yeah. So my YouTube channel is uh, youtube.com/slash ebeforeinet, net, and it's all spelled out. So e uh, b uh, e f o r e i n e t uh, net n e t. Uh, so that's me on YouTube. Uh, Twitter, I'm at uh, ebeforeinet, net, and Facebook, I'm at uh, facebook.com/slash e before i no net, just e before i. And that's where you can find me.
1: Okay, and and we'll put links in the show notes so everyone can, uh, you know, they they don't have to worry about getting everything right to spell it, so they can just click on it from our website.
3: Yes, that one person whose pen just ran out of ink, no worries, (laughs) just relax. (laughs) Yeah, thank you.
1: All right, so uh, let's uh, go on with the show, and we're going to jump right in with toys, and of course, I'm going to hand the mic back to Daryl, because... He is our <laughs> Damn <it>. toy expert. <laughs> so uh Daryl, why don't you start us off with the with some uh, toy news you found this week?
2: Yeah, let's let's jump right back into uh, me talking. And uh we're gonna talk about Generations uh wave number four, which got uh which got announced, and we've got some pictures of the figures that will be G-Axis, Nightbeat, and Wingblade. Um now they're are all remolds, except for Wingblade, obviously. Um, Nightbeat is a remold of the Classics Jazz figure, which I was really surprised to see. I'm surprised that it uh, they went back that far to get that mold. Um, most of the repaints that we've been getting have been of molds of the last year or two. Classics Jazz is like four to six years old. Like, they went back a long way to get Nightbeat. But um, I personally think it looks okay. Um, it's not, that's not that bad. Um, I honestly, when I heard that they were doing a Nightbeat, I thought that they were going to have, they were going to remold the, uh, the Bubble Bee mold, the new uh, IDW Bubble Bee. I thought they were going to remold that one. So, uh, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that, uh, it's not that. I kind of had a, uh, uh, I was slightly hoping Nightbeat was going to be a headmaster, but, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, the G-Axis one, I'm really disappointed in this one, um. It's a repaint of the new Armada Starscream mold. So I mean, this one's literally coming out in the same in the same year as uh, as you know Armada Star uh, excuse me Armada Starscream and uh, maybe the wave earlier is Armada Starscream. So um, yeah, I wish I wish that they had picked a new uh, another mold or something. Jaxus has never really had a figure, uh, and and I wish that they had done something special for him, you know, and, and particularly uh, or sorry, and the last one is Wingblade. And uh, there's no figure for this, just a sketch. So, I mean, what do you want me to say? Um, but yeah, what do you guys think of these uh, these pictures?
4: I'm just impressed with how much use they're getting out of that jazz mold. Oh, and, I know, and, right? And how how it seems to work for so many different characters.
3: Any mold that can work with jazz and wheelie is a heck of a mold, you know? Right. And, uh, and it's a great mold. So uh, I was surprised to see this picture as well but it could have been a lot worse as you said so
2: yeah
4: that, the axis, access i mean the pitchers so small i can't really you know can't they really are. they're a they're good very it.
2: small um and and unfortunately we don't have anything better right now to to look at it um, yeah but, i'm looking uh, at
4: tfw and a lot, some people think that the pictures might be faked so i mean you know kind of take it with a grain of salt until we see the official pictures but
2: yeah, well, if it's fake, then then that's cool. But they got a sketch of Wind Windblade, right? So
4: yeah, but I mean, sketches of Windblade have been out oh, okay. and around.
2: Um, the last, the next piece I got is uh, is an update. Um, is a uh, while ago we talked to um, or sorry uh, Echo Transformer who uh, who sent uh, his Shapeways um, design to x um which be, is now. Sorry, which has now become the Boosticus add-on set for Fall of Cybertron uh, Bruticus. And it's it's a really cool-looking set. Uh, I know he's got four different sets that you can get for all the different paint schemes. Um, and this past week, I actually emailed uh, Echo Transformer and basically asked him, you know, what's the deal, man? Um, this thing was supposed to come out at the end of November, and here we are in January. So, you know, where's my, where, where's my uh, add-on set? Uh, I, you know, I'm paraphrasing. I was a lot nicer than that. But, uh, he replied to me and, and he said that, uh, Boosticus, uh, has been delayed a bit. Uh, what he heard from X Transbots was that, uh, the retail, the G2, and the San Diego Comic Con slash Platinum sets will be available, uh, in Asia by the end of January. The paint slash color match is what delayed them. Um, he he definitely wanted to express that he wants to thank everyone uh, for their patience and support during the delay. So a little bit of an update there for everyone waiting on, on the Boosticus add-on sets.
1: All right, Jeremy, what do you have for us? The
4: Transformers Club has posted a couple um, pictures of, I don't know if they're the final versions, but they're close to final versions of their exclusive club figures this year, um, Protoform X and Transmutate from the Beast Wars series. Protoform X is going to be a um, remold of, I believe it's Transformers Prime Megatron. And um, Transmutate will be a remold of Transformers Prime RC. And uh, Protoform X is going to be the the free club figure that everyone in the club gets. And then Transmutate will be the one that you have to to pay for, but it's exclusive to club members. So... I mean they just put the pictures up of the vehicle modes um I've never really been big on transmutate as a character, so I'm kind of i mean uh, until I see the the robot mode i'm I'm gonna hold judgment on that because you know, in in the show all you saw was the robot mode and really he was barely more than the protoform but the the vehicle mode for protoform x i mean they they did a lot of like it it it's hard to tell if that was a megatron i mean it, it looks really good. What do you guys think?
1: Uh, It looks interesting. I'm curious uh, to see what the robot modes will look like. So I remember, uh, you know, the transmutate character from beast wars and it was, it was an interesting episode because the, yeah, I'm just curious to see what, uh, you know, uh, how this is, how they're going to look in, in robot mode.
4: Actually, I just found pictures of the robot mode. Oh, cool. So um, we'll kind of fix this, but yeah, the robot mode, it, I don't know. It's just, it just looks like RC in different colors to me.
3: Yeah, I think this looks like a straight-up repaint. I don't know that there was any changes done to the mold itself based off of that picture.
2: Does the head look different? The head looks a little different, doesn't it?
3: Maybe the mouth? I, it's yeah. hard, to, it's it, hard to tell. It has a smirk, but... Yeah.
2: yeah. Hmm. I'm not particularly interested in this myself. I'm, I am I. mean, I, I have an RC figure, and as far as uh, a Transmutate figure, I, I. I was never a big Beast Wars fan, so... I, I don't know um, the character that well, uh, and then the uh, the other one, the Protoform X figure. Uh, I mean, that's definitely a different head sculpt for sure.
4: Yeah, um, that one got the bulk of the love.
2: Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I just I'm not big on the uh, on the the repaints. I've never been a big repaint fan.
3: The head sculpt on Protoform X on that picture, even though it looks like a render, uh, is pretty nice. I am not normally big on the repaints uh, either but I don't know that's unique enough I think you could maybe put that one on a shelf and it'd be all right without the arm cannon
1: right <laughs> all right uh, so Yoshi uh, what do you have for us
3: <laughs> well I have some uh, masterpiece wheeljack updates
0: um one piece of news that came out is that uh it appears if uh you order Wheeljack from Amazon Japan uh he'll come with uh His anti-hypnosis device, which I think was shown in all of one G1 episode from back (laughs) in the day. Um, And another update uh, uh, shows that, uh, uh, it doesn't show, but um, uh, the designer of the toy is saying that the tailpipe will also transform into Real Jack's gun. Uh, The only piece of news I'm really stoked about is that hopefully Daryl can tell us that Hasbro is going to bring this to the States.
2: I can't. That's, I can't confirm that's what it. I want. <laughs> I, the the figure's not even out yet. I, I know.
0: but
3: Still, you're the guy. You <laughs> well, can make this happen.
2: What do you want me to do? <laughs> we
3: want that's you to make some stupid. phone calls. Is what we want that's you right. to do.
2: Right? I know. Right? Um, yeah. No. It, this thing looks fantastic, and I think you're right. This uh, the 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 thing that uh, the little anti hypnosis case. That's that's in an episode for all of like ten seconds. I think. <laughs> but but uh,
1: if it's good enough for Prime's axe and Megatron's mace, that's it's good true. Enough for Wheeljack's uh, anti hypnosis device
2: <laughs> and and Soundwave's little thing on his arm, yeah, that thing. I mean, Masterpiece has a has a, a reputation of of making a li- little piece pieces that you're like, what the hell is this thing? And you know, it's just it, it's from one episode, and they just it's it's the weirdest little thing. And you know, it's it they're a, it's a fans toy, right? That's what they do, and. And, and and it's cool that they're doing that. It's an added little bonus.
1: And that is a significant episode. That's the Ultimate Doom. That was a, you know, a good three-parter Transformers story from the first mm-hmm. season of the cartoon.
4: I hope the um the whole tailpipe into a gun comes off pretty well cuz they've done it in the past it's always been kind of hit or miss. It it either it, it either works or it, you know, kind of always falls off in vehicle mode or it doesn't really look like a gun but I mean, hopefully with Masterpiece they'll get it right.
3: I thought that worked pretty well with the, uh, I think it was the Generations Cup mold, um, where they stuck a rifle through to make that tailpipe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, if they can integrate it in a way where it, it it does stay proper and one bump to the table doesn't cause it to fall out, then, right. uh, then they may have something there.
2: Mm-hmm. All I can tell you is that this thing just looks so good from all angles. I can't wait to get myself uh, this masterpiece wheel, Jack.
0: And you're going to make Hasbro do that for us.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, Charles, what did you find this week, sir?
1: All right, so uh, we've been talking about this uh, a lot in past episodes. So uh, the perfect effect, a warden figure, which is a, a version of the uh, IDW version Fortress Maximus, a third-party figure. It looks like it's, it's getting out to people. So... Uh, from uh, Tfw we have some actual in-hand images of of the figure and the box and everything in it so uh, looks like if you know if you pre-ordered it you might be getting it pretty soon and uh, it looks really nice it, it, I mean uh, we've been talking about this uh, in a few episodes and uh, I, I still think it's really great I just don't know if I can justify the the cost to to get it but I would really like to you know this is one that I that I think I'd like to get. So, what do you guys think?
3: I think it looks really nice, but I don't know that I'm ready to make that purchase yet. I, I may live vicariously through someone else's review on this guy, but but we'll see. There is always a chance, but I'm I'm not jumping on it right away.
1: Yeah, I'm still. Uh, I, I haven't even bought my first third-party figure yet, so I'm still kind of just looking and and watching, but. This is this this one we've just been following this one for a while and it, it looks pretty cool to me but I still haven't haven't jumped on yet.
2: This figure lends itself very well to people who already have uh, a G1 Fortress Maximus um, because of its uh, its mode that you know where it becomes the the head right. Um, but all of the other modes I just I really really like uh, so I would I would love to get this thing and. And, and you know just display it uh, on the on my shelf. Um, the price tag is is a little hefty, but uh, if I can finagle a way to do it, I might I might do it with with without having to have without having a, a G one Fortress Maximus.
4: Yeah, I mean, it, it looks amazing, but it's way out of my price range.
2: We haven't heard uh, anything about the
0: treads yet, for sure, have we? Whether they're actual rubber and they turn they, properly,
2: they look it. I mean, they, they do look it. Yeah. There's a picture of them in the box, um, there. And again, they, 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 they look at there, but there's no official, um, word yet, no.
1: Yeah, it'd be nice, but yeah, they have, and it doesn't seem to mention anything in the, in the story.
2: I don't think it'll be long before we know for sure, though. Yeah.
1: All right, so I think that'll wrap up our toy discussion. So, uh, it's, it's been an interesting week, uh, in comics, uh, we got the April solicitations uh, for the comics that are coming up And this is interesting because this is the first month that's post-Dark Cybertron So, uh, you know, there are new comics coming out And of course, if you read the solicitations, there are some spoilers uh, For, you know, some of the conclusions of Dark Cybertron uh, But IDW, I guess, wasn't content with just the solicitations that They didn't think that was enough spoilers to put out this week so uh they took to Twitter and released uh three teaser images of covers for the upcoming comics that are coming up in April and uh there was a bit of a you know just a a big uh discussion about this cuz they're these are really kind of huge spoilers and everyone's talking about them. Um I guess we won't really I mean, we'll, we'll put some links in the show notes so you can see them for yourself but we won't discuss exactly what's in the pictures. Uh I mean two of them are not really huge spoilers but the third one is is kind of a kind of a doozy and you know we just had last uh, our last episode we talked about companies deliberately putting out spoilers to generate interest for their comics and uh, it looks like that's what's happening uh, what's happening this week but it's uh, it makes it difficult for for people who are trying to avoid spoilers and and want to just, you know, wait for the comic till they have the comics in hand to to get the surprises.
0: It it and was completely unavoidable, too. I mean, completely. if you had an internet connection, you you got spoiled, is what it came down to. Right. That's how bad it
2: was. They were on Twitter. They were on Facebook. They were everywhere. I, I mean, I was going through my Facebook feeds, and all three of those images were right there, too. I mean, it was more than just Twitter.
4: And podcasts were talking about it without any warning and... What well I well, you know I don't blame the podcast or or the sites or anything because IDW put something out there they're going to report on it that's fine but I I completely blame IDW I mean when you have a a big series that's supposed to shake up the entire foundations of your Transformers universe and you know you're you're saying you know anyone could die you know the outcome you know it's going to completely change everything when you're halfway through it why do you post these pictures why can't you wait until march
0: and you guys have been telling me that this dark cybertron storyline is going to be the thing that get me into these new books and i was hanging on by a a thin thread already and this is just kind of like well i I feel like i understand what's going to happen now and uh i'm not interested anymore
1: yeah i i have to say that at least so far for the first 6 parts of of the dark cybertron story it's been a bit of a disappointment for me i don't i don't think it has done a good job of being the jumping on point for new readers i mean it's at least you know i i don't want to you know be too negative but it, the story has been really kind of dragging for the first 6 parts it's uh, and we're going to review part 7 today so i think it's picking up a bit with part 7 but for the first 6 parts We've had some good moments, but it's kind of we're still, we still don't really know what's going on in the story. It's yeah. still
4: I think it was written for the trade mark. rather than the individual issues.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, to put out those spoiler images when you still really haven't even given us the shape of the story yet for Dark Cybertron, It's it, it was, you know, just, a, I think that it was a really premature on ID. Yeah, I
4: mean, well. one, of them had a, uh, one of them had a character that as of I think the issue before last, people thought was dead. I mean, we're obviously going to yeah. see in the the issue we reviewed today that he's not. But, you know, at the time the image came out, people assumed that character was dead.
0: It really grinds my gears. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, just to, I mean, this is, I think, just a continuing discussion we'll have. But it seems like this isn't going, this is a trend that's going to continue. I mean, uh, we had that discussion last week about how uh, the major comics companies want to do this so that they can try to get in new readers. Uh, but you know, I think another good way to get in new readers would be to put out quality comics. (laughs) Ooh,
0: (laughs) burn. Jeez. (laughs) You just hit below the belt.
4: (laughs) All I I ask is that anything spoiler related is, you know, tagged or, you know, marked as spoiler. So, just give us the choice. If we want to see it, we can see it. If we don't, we don't have to.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for me, it's you know, and and these comics are not bad by any stretch of the imagination. They're they're good. It's just they set such a high bar with robots in disguise and more than meets the eye. I mean, those two series, the first, uh, you know, twenty twenty two issues of those series, just really set the set a new standard for for Transformers comics, in, in my opinion, and you know, in the modern. Uh, Comics—they're the best that we've gotten from IDW, you know, since the, you know, I would say back, you know, back to even when uh, Furman was, you know, was writing the first few issues. I think they've really been a high point. And then we were, you know, Dark Cybertron got a lot of hype, and I, I think it's just not living up to the hype. And and maybe that's maybe that's a problem of the hype. And but I, I think the, you know, the comics are not quite as good as they could be.
4: Yeah, I'm just hoping the the payoff is enough to you know i guess
0: keep me interested
4: (laughs) i so it's enough to redeem the slow start that you know the first six issues had
1: yeah but uh yeah we're (laughs) at least for me i'm i'm on this train to the to the end so I'm, i'm still looking forward to the comics but yeah all right so and just to just to mention what so the april solicitations uh that were out, so we've got uh, More Than Meets the Eye, number 28, Robots in Disguise, number 28, and then the the Windblade, uh, number 1, which is the new uh, miniseries featuring the new character, Windblade, that was uh, created by Hasbro from the fan poll last year. And uh, then there's a trade, the Dark Cybertron Volume 1, that collects chapters 1 to 6, that trade is out in, in April, so uh, if you haven't been keeping up with the uh, with Dark Cybertron, you can get the whole first volume all in one go and then you know just get the second volume and see the whole story. Uh and then there's also another another book coming out called The Transformers Legacy: A Celebration of Transformers Package Art. And that looks like it's going to have uh art from all the G1 boxes and everything and, uh, and that, collect a lot of different art.
4: I know they've been working on that for a couple of years cuz um I think the last two Botcons it was brought up and the guys behind it uh, Jim Sorensen and I can't remember the other guy. They they were actually like Hasbro didn't have everything, and they were going to fans who had you know the boxes in their collections and getting really high quality scans.
1: Oh neat! So yeah, if 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 you're interested in classic uh, box art, you should definitely check that out.
3: That sounds wonderful.
1: Yeah, it looks really cool. Uh, And also, uh, in addition to those comics that are out in April, we also got some news about uh, the next Classics volume, so the Transformers Classics volumes that are collecting all the the Generation 1 comics. So this Volume 7 is supposed to be out on July 8th, and this is going to contain issues uh, 77 to 80 of the classic G1 comic series and the uh, Headmasters miniseries and the 86 movie adaptation. So uh, the Headmasters series gets a reprint after uh, you know a long time. So we mentioned that 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 didn't see a reprint since the early two thousands with Titan Books. Uh, and I think Yoshi, you got a copy.
0: I did because my review got up to the uh, Headmasters, and I couldn't wait for IDW to tell us whether they were going to put this out or not.
1: Yeah, so you you still you still got a few months to wait for their, their volume right. anyway. So it's probably a good idea to pick it up. <laughs>
4: I'm wondering if they're going to have volume eight being just all
0: of G2.
1: I really hope so. Yeah. I mean, that'll be 12 issues. So that, that would be the right size for, for their classics volumes. Their volumes have been running about around 12 to 14 issues. So that would be good. All right. So I think that's all the, the comics news we have. And so we're going to roll right into a review. So we actually have uh Robots in Disguise, issue number 25, and this is Dark Cybertron, chapter 7. So this is the first part of the second half of the Dark Cybertron uh, story.
4: Business is about to pick up.
1: <laughs> uh, so just to start off, we have three covers. and uh,
0: So you as a collector can be driven completely in fucking sane. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And the, the first cover is uh, by Casey Collar with the colors by Joanne LaFuente, and that's uh, Ultra Magnus and Whirl going down a dark corridor with lots of arrows uh, painted on the walls. And we have uh, the subscription cover, which is by Phil Jimenez, and that's a picture uh, and colors by Romulo Fajardo Jr., and uh, that's a picture of Crosscut, which I'm guessing is the pack-in figure for this comic, and he is the uh, repaint of the Skids mold uh, toy that was just announced uh, a couple weeks ago. It was in Wave 3 with uh, Ratbat and Tankor, right? I think so. And uh, then the, re- the Retailer Incentive cover, that's by uh, Andrew Griffith, who we just had the- on the show last week with colors by Josh Perez. And that is uh, Megatron and Galvatron going at it. Uh, so uh, which cover uh, appeals to you guys?
4: I really like that first one. The Just the the contrast between the the green and the the blues and the black that just really lo- looks
2: nice. Yeah, I'm pretty torn between the uh, the Magnus cover and the Galvatron Megatron cover. Um, something about having Megatron Galvatron just going at it on the on the cover is really appealing to me.
3: Yeah, I like the yeah, that's a nice cover, um, but I'm I'm kind of looking at this first one here and, and looking at as you already mentioned the contrast, the blue and the green, and worlds. Leg, you know, he's got his his ski leg, so to speak, uh, <laughs> next to Magnus's big chunky. I mean, it's just such a neat picture. Uh, that that would be my pick,
0: Yoshi. You don't have anything <laughs> good to say.
3: <see. laughs> no, oh, you don't like any right.
0: of them. I, 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 honest to God, love <laughs> Casey Collar's drawings. He's he's amazing. But I really feel like the colors destroyed it. Destroyed that first cover. Um, uh, you know, the the second one is basically promoting a toy, so I don't think it counts. Uh the third one, the drawing. I, I as far as the drawing goes, I I would have to pick this one out because it's it, it it's the most nostalgic looking to me, but I feel like a lot of it's out of proportion.
3: Okay. It's odd that their, their mouths are doing well, the their exact and same their heads thing. Well, Malavan's
0: head just seems so huge. I mean, Galvatron it, it doesn't look right. His whole face, his helmet and everything, it just it doesn't it doesn't look right. So, you know what? Hate me. <laughs> that's that's my gut for this but you know i'm 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 not a fan of this series you guys you guys are really trying like hell to make me a fan and that's cool and i'm i'm reading them but that's part of it i'm just i i haven't i haven't been uh i'm not i'm not vested in the series so there you go
1: hey that's fair you you know you, you gotta give your honest opinion you know so um, for me I, I actually I do like the Megatron and Galvatron cover I, uh, I I see what you mean about the proportions being a little bit off, but i I still like the pose and I like the the details in their you know in their in the lines and their bodies so I, I like that uh, you know get I, and I also like you know them getting into a scrap. I mean it this is actually more of a more of a fight than they, they actually get into in the issue now but,
0: uh, can, like can, can we talk about this cover a little bit more with with the possibility of spoiling the story slightly?
1: Uh, may, can we come back to that when we get to that uh, when we get to that part yes, in, the, in the issue? All right, if that's the, it, as long as you're not uh, cursing me. Uh, no, 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 mic's I'm not. <laughs> yes, he is. All right. <laughs> All right, so yeah, so we'll get into the story and then uh, and Yoshi, uh, when you want to bring up uh, the Galvatron Megatron thing, can just uh, let me know. If
0: there's anything I'm good at, it's interrupting you.
1: <laughs> that's what we love about you. Alright, so uh, this issue was uh, this is a Robots in Disguise issue so uh, John Barber is the, uh, you know, gets the, the first author credits, but it's written both by John Barber and James Roberts. Um, art is by James Ray's Atilio Rojo and Livio Ramondelli, so these are have been kind of the three main Dark Cybertron guys for most of the issues. Uh, colors by Josh Perez and Livio Ramondelli. texture lovers. And uh, <laughs> All right, you can can take that up with them. (laughs) All right.
3: Puppy. Puppy kickers.
4: We're going to have to have Josh Perez back on the show and just let you go (laughs) one-on-one.
1: And uh, letters by Tom B. Long and edits by uh, Carlos Guzman. So uh, I'll skip over the recap since we just had uh, Dark Cybertron Chapter 6 uh, last week. Uh, but the roll call, I just wanted to mention, uh, there are a couple new additions, so... Looks like Jaxus and Bludgeon are coming back. Uh, they've been out of the picture since, I think, Dark Cybertron Chapter 1. And, but they're, uh, you know, they're coming back. They, they had a long trip to Cybertron, looks like they finally got there. And, uh, looks like Bumblebee and Megatron are gonna team up in this issue for a little bit. And, uh, I think the rest of the characters are all, uh faces we've seen before so oh and we see nightbeat is now uh he's he's got his own picture in the in the roll call here so it looks pretty good all right so we'll start off and this was a so we start off with uh, the lost light so these are all the uh, all the guys who've been traveling around the galaxy and they're still on this uh water this uh, you know red sea planet and they're trying to defend their ship against the uh, ammonites who are you know have, have been uh trying to attack them and since a lot of the the uh, first string uh, more than meets the eye cast have been off uh you know traveling in the rod pod exploring metroplex so in their absence a hound has been leading the lost light crew against the ammonites and trying to to protect the ship so uh, i like this this first page here because we see a bunch of you know a bunch of bots who haven't had the spotlight recently so we see hound we see uh Trail cutter to, uh, uh, I think that's uh, to his right, or to his left, I guess, with our right. And uh, in, I guess, submarine mode is Wave Rider behind him. And then in the background, you've got uh, Sunstreaker, Blaster, Chrome Dome, and, you know, a couple other guys who I don't really recognize. <laughs> did, uh, did we know that Hound was on the ship? Yes. Yeah. Ha- yeah hound's been in a couple of scenes on the on more than meets the eye in previous issues
2: okay because i I looked at this and i and I was quite surprised actually I didn't remember him being in an issue before I'm just not obs- as observant as you guys sorry
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think hound was hound the guy who when who na- who noticed that Trailbreaker or trail cutter had his his leg guns put in? I think in that I think that was more Than VCI number twelve where you know he's standing next to Trail Cutter and says, uh, oh, you know, leg guns and he's like nice. I can't remember. I think that was Hound. I don't remember. No. That's why you're here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well I might be totally wrong too, so I'm sure you're I'm sure probab- we'll hear about it.
2: <laughs> you're probably not.
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, so anyway, uh you know, they're they're fighting the Ammonites who are the you know, also nicknamed the Minicons. And uh, while they're in the middle of the battle, uh, so one of the guys, uh, Crosscut, is getting you know attacked by one of the Minicons, and then Swerve comes in and says, "Hold on, Crosscut," and and gives him a little save, and uh, but Crosscut doesn't recognize him, and Swerve is kind of hurt by that, and, you know. Uh, you know, Swerve's like, "Well, I have a bar on the ship, you know, it's a place where everybody uh, everybody knows everybody your goes, name, how, exactly." <laughs> but uh, Crosscut uh, doesn't know him uh but swerve pipes up yeah i know you crosscut cuz he was apparently crosscut was a, was a former senator and uh liberated petrex which i guess is one of the towns in, on cybertron and uh, you know crosscuts like yeah that was my wartime reputation but i'd rather be remembered for my art and uh, so just a little interesting exchange and of course since crosscut is the pack-in figure he gets a he gets a little bit of the spotlight in this issue and this is actually the first appearance of crosscut so, you know, all those other scenes on the Lost Light and More Than Meets the Eye in the last, you know, 20 or so issues, he was in the background somewhere, but you just never saw him. So apparently he's been on the ship the whole time. And uh, so, you know, they're, um, they're continuing to fight the Ammonites. And after they, you know, they have a little break in the battle, uh, Crosscut says, oh, you know, Swerve, your communicator's flashing, you have a missed call. And Swerve's like, oh, okay, so I'll, uh, you know, check that out. And meanwhile, the Ammonites start retreating, and Hound thinks, oh, great, you know, everything's, uh, we've saved the ship, the Ammonites are retreating, so, you know, we can go back to the ship and, and, you know, get things set up and and get ready to, you know, move on to the next next task. But uh, Wave Rider, who is one of the few, uh, you know, water-based Autobots who can transform into something that's actually useful underwater, uh, messages to hound uh you know don't uh, don't pop the champagne yet the the ammonites have not uh, are not retreating they've just found a bigger uh you know they've moved on to bigger and better things emphasis on the bigger and of course that means Metroplex because Metroplex is stuck here underneath the sea and they're all all the ammonites are converging on Metroplex, which is not good for the guys who are inside Metroplex and so we cut to them uh, ultra magnus. Uh, and all the other guys. And if you remember in last issue, it was a bit of a cliffhanger because they had noticed that a Minicon had wired some explosives to the Rod Pod, which was their submarine, and just exploded it in their faces. But luckily, a blast shield uh, formed in front of all the Autobots and protected them from the blast. And they're, uh, you know, they're trying to figure out what happened, and, uh, you know, Skid's... Skids mentions um, that uh, Metroplex, it, since he's you know a giant transformer, he's built. He was built to, to be a giant city, so he has you know moving parts all around him. So a wall just moved into place between them and the the explosion, and that's what protected them. Um, so you know while they're you know while they're coming to this conclusion, uh, they notice that Whirl is missing. And, you know, of course, they're wondering, you know, what's what's going on. That that seems to always be trouble. Uh, but they don't have time to talk about that because Swerve messages uh, Getaway back to, uh, you know, since, uh, since Getaway was the one who left him that message in the last issue. And Swerve just says, get out of there. <laughs> and Getaway's like, what, are you joking? And he's like, does it sound like I'm joking? <laughs> and Getaway says, kind of. <laughs> and this is, uh, I guess this is a, uh, you know, just winking at the fact that Swerve has been kind of a, you know, the comic relief character. So even when he's being serious, the other characters think it's a joke. Uh, but he says basically that, um, Metro, that since they found admium flakes in the water inside Metroplex, that means that Metroplex has some kind of, you know, rust plague. And he, he calls it an alchemical virus. Uh, which even, that even stumps Ratchet Who is, you know, an expert medic So, but, but Swerve basically says He's, you know, he's he's basically Got a really contagious virus And, you know, let's just call it A death plague, so you need to get out of there And then he's he stops for a minute Crosscut tells him something else And then he says, get out of there again Because, in addition to the Death plague, they've also got A bunch, uh, 2,000 Minicons You know, converging on them So, you know not a good place to be inside Metroplex at the moment. Uh, but we cut to another place that you probably don't want to be, and that's the Dead Universe. And we catch up with uh, Orion Pax and Rodimus and, uh, and Cyclonus, who are still uh, st- stuck in their uh, in, in their containment cube. And uh, Nova Prime has dragged them to the center of the Dead Universe and showed them that he also has a Cup as his prisoner. So... Uh, you know, Orion Pax is, of course, uh, you know, very, uh, upset to see that Cup is, is here trapped in the Dead Universe, and, you know, he, uh, he's, he's not really in a position to give Nova Prime orders, but of course he orders him to undo whatever he did to Cup and, and let him go, but, you know, of course, Nova Prime says, uh, no, I'm using him, he's, he's, he's my, he's basically set up as a space bridge, and he's his ticket out of the Dead Universe. Uh, Rodimus, uh, points out that, yeah, you've, you've talked a lot about how, you know, you're going to take over everything, but all you've done is, you know, trap us in this cube, but why wouldn't we just, you know, since it's just you and Nightbeat who's under his mind control, why wouldn't we just, uh, you know, he says there's three of us and two of you, why wouldn't we just, uh, you know, get out of here, take cup and get out of here. And uh, Nova Prime points out that he has more than just uh, him and Nightbeat. He's got a whole army of dead universe, I guess, zombies, zombie guys who are like, uh, you know, I guess they were all, you know, Scourge clones. Uh, he says second, you know, he controls the dead universe now and he can bend it to his will. Uh, but, to which Rodimus points out, well, all you've really done is drag us here in a containment cube. You haven't done anything else to us. And, um, but then he says, thirdly, if you, you know, if you do anything else, if you, you know, if you touch Cup at all, he'll die. So, you know, as much as I want to use him, I'm not above killing him just to see the look on your face. So then he orders Nightbeat to, uh, you know, put the, put, uh, our heroes back in a cell. And we cut back to Cybertron. And we have, uh, in Shockwave's, uh, chamber after the NecroTitan has left to destroy the city, um... Galvatron's kinda pissed off that he you know, he should they we should be following all the Autobots and Decepticons that they that were running since the last issue. And uh Shockwave is like you you already try my patience and you know it doesn't matter who escaped the Dark Titan, but Shockwave you know, he's he's the he's the professional warrior, so you know, he wants to just pursue all the enemies and and cut them down. And he's not impressed by the Autobots and Decepticons since they ran. He thinks they should have stood and died for their cause. And you know, he's 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 kind of like the you know he's he's his like Grandpa Simpson. He says, "Back in my time, being a warrior meant something." And uh, you know, but Sh- I think Shockwave doesn't really doesn't really pay much attention to him.
0: Um, so I'll interrupt you here. You can you can clearly see Megatron.
1: Yes, he's on the, in, he's in on
0: more the than one piece. So yes. <laughs> on the cover, does he not look like he's standing up? I mean, it's not it's not yeah, super he, obvious, but he's definitely the same height as Galvatron.
1: It also looks like he's right, completely right. intact. So too.
0: that was my issue. That's that was my spoiler issue.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think at least you know we we all know that in a lot of cases comic book covers lie. So I don't no, think that's anything not. new that a that a comic book cover doesn't really depict what's actually going on in the story. But, uh, yeah, that's definitely, it's definitely true that Megatron is still in two pieces in this issue, and he doesn't get better, uh, by the end of this issue either, so. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, as they're arguing, and Shockwave, you know, says, I'm a scientist, not a warrior, you know, "Damn it, man, I'm a scientist, not a warrior. As he's talking about that, a ship, uh, materializes in the background, so I guess this is g ship finally reaching Cybertron, and... As we see, Gaxis comes with with uh, bludgeon and uh, the uh, Monstructor components. So these are the the uh, in previ- in G1 continuity these were the Pretender monsters, but here they're not Pretenders. They're just regular uh, regular bots, but they still do combine into Monstructor, the you know the six piece combiner. And so they come out, and uh, uh, G-Axis says, "Galvatron, it's good to see you again, but." Galvatron says I doubt that very much. Uh they mentioned that Nova Prime didn't make it out of the dead universe yet. Um and then you know Shockwave mentions that uh, Galvatron tore his portal into meaning Megatron because we, they were using Megatron as a space bridge and Galvatron ripped him in half. And uh, we hear we see Galvatron is a, Galvatron's a bit of a, you know, he's a, he's kind of a snob. He says uh, um I was told this low-born thug turned failed revolutionary posed a threat. So uh, Galvatron isn't too impressed with Megatron, and uh, so Shockwave says, uh, you know, it's not a big deal. Uh, Waspinator, you know, ter- return Megatron's body to his chamber, and then Waspinator, you know, raises a question because there's uh, in previous issues we saw that uh, this this uh, room had a resurrection crystals around it, so. You know, even when uh, when Transformers got damaged in the same room, they were immediately repaired because of the the Resurrection ore that Shockwave had created. Uh, but Shockwave mentions it's a it's a complex matter. <laughs> so basically, it's you know this don't talk back. It's you know it's 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 above your you know it's above your knowledge, and we're far from the end game. And uh, at that point, Galvatron says, "Well, I'll carry Megatron," and and Waspinator's like, "Oh." oh I don't want to overstep my bounds, but why? And he's, and Galvatron says, I don't trust your generation. Ho-ho! <laughs> so, he really is I'll kind snap. of a grumpy old man. <laughs> uh, so, meanwhile, so we cut back to uh, the Dead Universe, where Orion Pax, Rodimus, and uh, Cyclonus are in a cell. And uh, so, you know, they ask, Nova Prime says "What he's going to take something from us, and he says, what is it, Nightbeat? And Nightbeat says, your sparks, why do you think you were lured here? And you know, Cup Spark is too old to take the strain of a, of maintaining a space bridge, so he needs he needs fresh ones to you know, to keep it open. And escape the universe escape the dead universe before it collapses. And uh, so uh, Orion Pax asks Nightbeat, you know, Nova Prime said he if we tried to free cup he'd die, is that true? And Nightbeat starts to answer, but then, you know, he says, Enough of your questions I don't have any sympathy for your situation, and then and then Rodimus says, "Nightbeat, look at my hand, look at it." And you know, the, again, this is you know, this is a question we had in the last issue, and and it's in the earlier in the story. There's something written on uh, Rodimus's hand that we haven't seen until now, and he's using it to somehow affect uh, Nightbeat's programming and try to break him out of the brainwashing that he got. And so we get some exposition that, that Rodimus has figured out that. When they brainwashed uh, Nightbeat, they had to suppress his true nature, and uh, he mentions it's Shadowplay 101, which is which harkens back to a previous More Than Meets the Eye story about that was titled Shadowplay, so that was issues 9 to 11, go check them out if you haven't, Th- those were excellent issues. They were amazing. And, uh, yeah, those are those really great. And, you know, Rodimus goes on to say Nightbeat loves a mystery and he, you know, he feels the urge to explain it, that's, you know, he's using a part of his brain that should be off-limits, uh, and I can't, I think, I guess Cyclonus says, I think you're reaching, so Cyclonus is, is skeptical of, of this plan of attack, but,
0: uh... Basically getting, getting, getting Nightbeat to pull his Sherlock Holmes shit on Rodimus' hand gets him out of the spell he's under.
1: Right, exactly. And, uh, yeah, so he, so finally, we see what's written on Rodimus' hand, and it's, the number eighty-nine over the number one hundred one, so it's eighty-nine with a slash and then one hundred one beneath it. And so Rodimus is like, you, you get one question, and th- and this breaks Nightbeat's uh, mind control because of course he loves a mystery. And he said he asks he asks his question like, how many how many uh, people are on board your ship? You know he knew he knows you're the captain of a, he knows Rodimus is the captain of a starship, the Lost Light, and how many people are on board? And Rodimus answers back hundred ninety and he says and well done so Nightbeat solved the mystery it's still not quite clear to us yet but uh, of course 89 plus 101 adds up to 190 so that's clear but the significance of those two numbers is not quite clear yet for us but they were clear for night they were clear enough for nightbeat and he breaks his mind control breaks uh, uh, opens the cell and says let's go get cup and Prime is still, you know, Prime is, uh, or I should say Orion Pax, is not clear on what happened. And Rodimus says, you know, uh, there's a, there's something I haven't told you, and it's time I came clean. So I think Rodimus is going to admit to Orion Pax that he hasn't been the best captain on the Lost Light so far. But there's probably more to that, but we'll probably find that out next yeah, I'm time. I'm
4: wondering if it's going to be the whole Overlord thing.
1: Maybe, but, uh, you know, the the thing I'm kind of turning around in my head is that he said all the crew members who are alive added up to 190. So, you know, I would, I would have thought that what he had written on his hand would be like all the, you know, to remember how many people had died under his command or something like that, but I don't know. So that that's still a question for me. Uh, okay, moving on. So we switch back to Cybertron, another part of Cybertron where Galvatron is carrying... The torso of Megatron and Waspinator uh, is carrying the legs, and um,
4: insert a Voltron joke you know, here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and me, while they're doing that, so so Galvatron's mentioning how he just doesn't trust anybody, and uh, then Bumblebee jumps out and says, "You can trust my blaster," uh, which is <laughs> kind of a weak action action hero line. Um, and Galvatron just busts out laughing and he, he, you know, he's like, uh, you know, this era of yours never fails to amuse me. And then Bumblebee just starts blasting him. Of course, all the, all the blasts just bounce off Galvatron like they're nothing. And he gets right up to Bumblebee and starts, starts beating him around.
0: Galvatron (laughs) is representing the G1 fans of the world. The one he talks. He, he really is. The (laughs) shit he's saying to Waspinator and this version of Bumblebee. He's awesome that way. In the
4: story, he's from basically like even pre-factions in Cybertronian history. Right. And then he's been in the dead universe for most of the time from then until now. So, I mean, it would make sense that, you know, all of these young whippersnapper robots just look kind of weak to him.
0: Right. But, you know, you can also see it from the point of view I'm saying it, which I'm sure there's more than one reason why it's similar or why it's written that way.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and then it, it's funny because Galvatron also says, "How many millions of years have you fought Four? That's just a skirmish in the eyes of Galvatron. So apparently, the wars that Galvatron fought in lasted, you know, apparently much longer than four million years before Cybertron was united under Nova Prime. So, but uh, you know, as he's as he's tearing Bumblebee apart, and he's you know he's got him by the scruff of the neck. And you know he's, uh, and this also I think this also harkens back to, um, you know when in Transformers the movie when Galvatron was beating up Hot Rod inside Unicron, and you know he's like, uh, your Megatron fell apart at my merest touch. You know he he always talked about in the movie about crushing Optimus Prime with his bare hands, and here he's talking about how he he ripped Megatron apart with no effort. But then he unfortunately he didn't keep track of where Megatron is because. He's like, where? And Megatron says, here. And just gives him a, you know, face full of fusion cannon. Gross. Which. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's it's. I, I think you know what I liked about this was this also shows you know how much of a badass Megatron is. He's st- he's in he's been torn in two, but somehow he managed to overcome Waspinator. <laughs> you know, you, you can see Waspinator's on the ground with Megatron's hand on his head and uh, you know get himself righted around and you know blast Galvatron and so Meg- Megatron tells Bumblebee you know we've got to hurry I, f- I have a feeling that won't keep him down for long and Megatron you know Galvatron says Megatron how and Gal- and Megatron says this scratch i've had worse now mm-hmm. grab my legs bumblebee <laughs> my world needs us so they they make their way to the surface and they see that the um this the settlement of Icon is in flames here been pretty much destroyed. But uh you know Megatron's just chuckling a little bit and and Bumblebee's like you're enjoying this? You like seeing Cybertron burn? And Megatron says, "No, despite what you may believe, I do not enjoy wist- witnessing my people suffer. There is one per- person in particular whose suffering fills my spark with joy, and that of course is Starscream." And Starscream's, you know, in the center of all the wreckage while Scoop is standing behind him berating him about how he allowed this to happen. And, uh, you know, Scoop says, you betrayed Cybertron, and Scoops, (laughs) you know, it seems like he's a bit of a fanatic. You can even see, like, spit coming out of his mouth (laughs) as he's yelling, you know, screaming at at Starscream. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, looks like things have, things have gone pretty well south for, for Cybertron so far. But we won't find out more until next issue, because we cut back to the Lost Light, and on that water planet and so they're the our heroes are still trapped inside metroplex and they're trying to barricade the doors uh to keep the all the minicons from getting in and then you know they're they're trying to as he as magnus is trying to get everybody organized he's like where's whirl and whirl finally shows up and he caught the minicon who who blew who blew up the rod pod and you know he says uh you know whirl of course is uh is kind of uh sadistic so he he tortured some information out of the Minicon, and Ultramagnus is like, "Okay, well, tell us the information." And so we find out that the Minicons were working with Shockwave, and they were they were supposed to uh, keep tabs on the Lost Light and cripple the ship if they had done anything that tried to frustrate his plans. And when they quantum jumped, when the ship quantum jumped, it exposed the Minicons, and they were forced uh, to reveal themselves. And, you know, Magnus, so Magnus at the end says, who are you working for? And we call him the Dark Cyclops, but you call him Shockwave. And that's also a callback to uh, more than meets the eye number 22, which was the first issue we saw the Minicons and, uh, you know, they mentioned the Dark Cyclops. So, so that's one, uh, one mystery solved, but uh, there's no time to uh, talk about that because the ceiling explodes or no, sorry, the, not the ceiling, the Minicon explodes after he says Shockwave. And, uh, you know, and they're like, oh, he had an involuntary self-destruct that was triggered on any, uh, you know, key words, incriminating words. And so, you know, they're, ta- they're talking, they're trying to figure out uh, what the, you know, what the information they got from the minicon was all about. And before they can, you know, come to any firm conclusions, a grappling hook hits Ultra Magnus in the head and uh, for through a hole in the ceiling, two new robots come down. And, you know, try to tell them that they, they have to, you know, keep their hands up and not make any sudden moves. And you see these new robots appear to be female Transformers. And so this is a big reveal for, uh, you know, this this issue here. And they're named uh, Chromia, which is, of course, one from the G1 cartoon. And then we have a new bot named Nautica, who I would guess transforms into some kind of submarine. Yeah. With a,
0: She looks like Cup's younger, hotter sister.
1: but yeah so this is a a bit of a revelation so we have two uh two female transformers jumping in and we don't know you know who they are or why they're why they're around metroplex who they're working for
4: one of them uh i think it's chromia is holding a a wrench like object so they're probably trying to maintain metroplex i would
1: guess
0: it's too bad they can't impress them with their sweet rod pod ride anymore
1: I know. <laughs> so maybe they're working for uh, Alpha Trion.
4: Yeah, I mean, well, they, they mentioned how they haven't threatened anyone in years, so they've obviously been there for a while. So yeah, they, this probably will lead into some Alpha Trion stuff.
1: And uh, so that is the end of Dark Cybertron Chapter 7. I don't think... Did we get a title for this issue? I didn't um, see a title.
4: thought we did.
1: Maybe I missed it.
4: No, don't think we did.
1: All right, so that's, that's the end. So, uh... What did you guys think?
4: Well, I think, well, this issue, I think by itself was good in terms of things are starting to really happen. We're getting a few answers, which is good. The sound effects were awesome, especially the the grappling hook, hook hit Ultra Magnus and the thunk sound effect that they run right in there just makes me think like 60s Batman for some reason. <laughs> but I'm wondering, as a series if dark cybertron would have would have been better better served to have each setting pretty much take over an entire issue, so you have one issue that's like ninety percent dead universe, one issue that's ninety percent cybertron, and then just like a couple pages of something to to weave the two together kind of get you kind of get than,
0: like a Game of Thrones effect then from the books, don't you because then you're you're kind of having to go back and replay the story from another point of view and you know so much about what's going to happen already that i would think for three or four issues we'd be like all right i'm i'm just ready for this to get over so we can move on to the next actual thing where we learn something
4: yeah well i mean but especially the first few issues where it's been so slow but it's like they're spending so much time on setup but they're it's like they're setting up part of something for one setting and then the next issue they're continuing that setup and the next issue they're continuing that setup and it just seems like it would it would have played off better if you got all of that preparation all in one issue, and then the payoff can be this, where you're jumping from scene to scene as they're weaving things together. I don't know. It, it's,
1: it's like you're getting, you basically have three cliffhangers every issue, and it's like, it's a little bit of a, you know, whiplash, I guess.
4: Yeah, maybe I'll take screenshots of a couple issues and put some together and just see how it would read.
1: Yeah, that'd be a fun little project.
0: You know, I enjoyed the whole Megatron bit. Um, I thought that was really good. Um, I really like how Galvatron talks. Um, what else positive can I say? Uh, I kinda like the Nightbeat thing, how they deduced how to make him, uh, break the spell. Uh, Mm -hmm. but, you know, with all these different types of Transformers in here, it almost feels like every generation of Transformers that's come out since we've been kids, this just kind of feels like a gnarly crossover episode today. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, at least that's what the IDW universe has kind of been pulling, like, especially recently, been pulling from all different, uh, you know, eras of Transformers. So originally, it started off as kind of mostly like a like a G one reboot, but as it's gone on, it's gotten a little bigger and kind of pulled in characters from lots of other lots of other places, while still being, you know, mostly g1 grounded but i would say being more expansive so you get a
4: character like getaway or some obscure japanese character
0: i don't know i mean i'm i it 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 definitely has good parts there's some good writing there's some good art but i'm i'm really trying to get sucked into it guys i'm I'm, i haven't given up yet
1: (laughs) yeah i mean for me this was this issue was uh at least a it's an upswing for me i mean i I enjoyed this issue more than than some of their previous ones and I liked the payoff that we got here and I liked uh, a lot of the a lot of the, um you know a lot of the story beats here and you know it gave me that feeling like I want to get the next issue so I think that's that's probably what they're going for with you know just leaving a couple more things unanswered I think that's one
4: of the best things you could say about a comic is if it makes you want to buy the next issue
1: <laughs> right <laughs> And the the art for me is is getting better. For at least it's growing on me from uh, you know Atilio Rojo and James Rays.
4: Yeah, the, the it wasn't as dark in terms of like the inking. I
1: yeah. love the Dark Cybertron.
0: Oh, I'm sorry the the blah blah blah. blah. Dead, Dead universe. universe art. I really like that. That definitely fits for what they're trying to do. Whatever it will eventually be.
1: Yeah, and that's Livio Ramondelli, who is he's he I guess he. Uh, he has a lot of fans and a lot of detractors. I'm one of his fans. But I, I, you told me earlier like... he
0: does the drawing, he does the line art, and the coloring? Yeah. Okay. And that's just his style.
4: The the way it looks in the Dead Universe is just his style of art.
0: Has it always been like that? Is it similar? Is his other stuff similar to what that looks like?
4: Yeah. I mean, if you look at um, the Autocracy and Monstrosity miniseries where he did all the art on that, it, it's this this painted style that okay. he has.
3: I'll tell you, as a non-comic guy looking through this, and and this is my first exposure to this series, I thought the story was interesting from my perspective. Uh, And it's funny because on the original television series, its sole purpose sort of was to sell toys. And as a toy collector now, I look at this and the whole time I'm thinking, are we going to get an IDW Galvatron? That would be awesome. So uh, it seems to be serving that same purpose for me. But uh, I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes. I, I thought it was a, a good story.
4: I think we're all hoping for that, uh, a new Galvatron figure. Yeah. But I mean, every issue of this series is going to be packed in with the generation's toys. So they're they're really starting to focus more on using their other properties to, to promote toys, and then also using the toys to promote the comics.
3: Yeah, I see it going both ways here, and I, I think that's, that's really cool.
2: I know for me personally, I, I, I tend to for this issue i i'm on a bit of yoshi's side here um the the point that the where the book kind of stuck out for me was the, f- the the fight between galvatron and and megatron um and, and the rest of the book just seemed to be filler for me uh, I, I i just really enjoyed the the battle
0: there's five of us here and the canadian agrees with me <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: just once just once all right, so uh, that'll wrap up our review of uh, Robots in Disguise number twenty-five, and
4: oh, to follow up on the Hound thing real quick that we mentioned at the beginning. Oh yeah, it um it wasn't that issue that you mentioned um more than maybe twelve, but it was um, Hound was in the panels above where you were um talking about Trail Cutter, both Trail Cutter and um, oh now it's slipped um. Hoist. hoist, right? Yes. Yeah, so trail cutter and hoist were talking about the whole brain, the leg, um, leg guns.
1: Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because hoist and trail cutter are roommates on the lost light. Right. So they would, uh, they would be talking together. Makes sense. But I'm glad at least Hound was in the general area, so that's good. <laughs> My brain at least made a little bit of a connection. I still can't
4: believe how you can just pull issue numbers out of your head like that.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a similar thing. I I also watch a lot of The Simpsons, and I I can't pull episode numbers or titles of The Simpsons, but I can pull quotes out of The Simpsons pretty pretty easily. <laughs> so yeah, that that's <laughs> that's all my useless skills.
4: <laughs> well, you found an outlet for it.
1: All right, so uh, that'll that'll wrap up our uh, our review of of Robots in Disguise number twenty five.
4: Before we do the classic review, it looks like Dan has to run, so let's say goodbye to him before we get into it
3: yeah thanks sorry about that uh it's uh it's my uh, i'll blame my work the people that pay me want me to be there at stupid o'clock in the morning
1: that's uh, no problem thanks thanks for coming and, and talking with us for a little while
3: yeah thank you so much this is a great show and uh and i appreciate all the time that you guys put into this um it's wonderful and i'm glad that this is available and Hopefully this is uh, doing well for you, and, and you guys keep it going. It's it's been a ton of fun to listen to. Well, thanks for coming on. It was really nice to meet you.
2: Thank you again for coming on and uh, and sharing your life story with us, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be uh, we'll be talking to you again soon. Mm.
3: Sounds good. Thanks, guys, so much. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks right, a lot. Thanks
1: for thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right, take care. See you. And uh, we will move on to our classic review of the Marvel. U.S. number 18. So this is back in the 80s. The bridge A comic to book that was designed solely to sell toys. <laughs> <laughs> so Yoshi, take us away. Take All us back right. to the 80s. Uh, issue
0: 18 entitled The Bridge to Nowhere. This is the second part of our Cybertron story with Mr. Badass himself, Blaster. Um Now, I am comparing the cover uh, in uh, IDW's Transformers Classics Volume 2, Issue 18, with the actual cover in front of me. And there seems to be a fantastic difference between the two, and I don't know why. Um, Basically, uh, the cover uh, from the 80s release shows in white, in the background of this green cover, the uh, space bridge and on the IDW reprints it's just a solid green cover with uh Straxus and Blaster on the cover which is wonder why they did that.
1: I don't have the 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 IDW classics. I just have the original issue. So uh yeah, I don't I don't know why they would take that cuz it's a nice background. Yeah, and I don't know. I
0: don't think I've s- recall them doing anything that drastic before um in their in their reprints cuz they do go through and they clean up the art a little bit, uh sharpen it. Uh, But whatever, the story is the same, and I'm okay with that. Uh, We open up uh, issue 18 with a couple that is driving through uh, a gorge. What gorge was it? The Columbia River Gorge. And uh, as they're driving around, a space bridge pops up in front of them. (laughs) Just half of a bridge. And they decide to drive on it. And as they get towards the end... uh, they see a giant robot come through and basically fizzle to death, which scares the young couple in their Jeep enough to, to drive away. An, an, an interesting uh, introduction to Transformers, if you've never seen one as a couple, <laughs> you guys think?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought it was interesting. Like, oh, there's a bridge. I don't know. I didn't know there was a bridge here. Let's right. drive across it. It's only half
0: of one, so it should be safe. So we cut to Cybertron. Where uh, Straxus is sends uh, one of his uh, minions on the space bridge to test it out, and uh, this is the autobot. This is the uh, transformer the guys saw, uh, the young couple saw on the bridge that fizzled out in front of them. Basically, the space bridge isn't working correctly, and Straxus is pissed off about it. Um, he contacts the head scientist Spanner, who is uh, working on the space bridge, and Spanner tells him that. There appears to be a fuel line uh, out of whack, and he needs some time to fix it. And then the space bridge will be working correctly. And Straxus is, is upset, but he understands that this needs to be this needs to be fixed for the bridge to work correctly. Um, and Blaster is kind of watching this from a distance because uh, he's uh, trying to figure out where Spanner is. Uh, I believe he kind of alludes to the fact that Spanner is probably being held against his will. Um, did any of you have anything to add about that, Charles or Jeremy?
1: Uh, just one thing I, I noticed that if you look at the on page four, when uh, you know Straxus sends a second guy across the bridge to uh-huh. see what happened to the first guy, and he the first guy the second guy mentions that the first guy's name was Crosscut, so that's kind of an interesting coincidence since we just had. A cross cut in the in the in the most recent Robots in Disguise issue. Yeah, uh, he was an Autobot, but this guy somehow
0: the I missed that. I thought uh, this guy that was going across was the first guy and the only guy, and he.
4: Well, they they look exactly the same, pretty much.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah,
4: <laughs> it, it kind of um, at least the the first one kind of made me think of um, that Legion of Doom character, like Manta Ray or something like that. Black oh, Manta, yeah. yeah. yeah the, the the head make reminded me of that.
0: Hmm. Should have just gathered some empties out instead of sending his own guys through.
4: Yeah, <laughs> it just proves how much of a badass yeah. he is. I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean Straxus is is kind of the mold of you know the. Tyrants who think it's a good idea to just sacrifice all their minions for whatever plan and not think things through at all. You know, I
0: just rewatched X Men 3, and I, every time I see something like that, and I've seen something like this three or four times since I watched the film here in the last couple of weeks, and it's like in chess, you let the pawns go first. Magneto says that, and it's just <laughs> been stuck in my head. Yeah. Okay, back to our book. Uh, the issue cuts to Earth. Um, And we are in a coal mine with our favorite human character, Robot Master. And uh, he's still making uh, TV claims uh, for the Decepticons that the Autobots are just as bad as the Decepticons. And Megatron's getting a little fed up with uh, uh, Donnie Finkelberg. Uh, That's Robot Master's actual name. Uh, Megatron's getting fed up with him because he's demanding things like food and water and... uh, Their idea of bringing him food is a candy machine. (laughs) Um, And Donnie's kind of realizing this is not a good idea. This is a bad gig. Um, And uh, to interrupt that little uh, conversation between those two, uh, Shockwave shows up. And Megatron and Shockwave realize, you know, we can't have two leaders. And uh, they're getting ready to to fight it out when uh, they get a message from Straxus who tells them uh, in not so few words that uh, the space bridge will be operational soon and you will have some backup coming up. And this causes Shockwave and Megatron to have a short little truths between them so that there's no internal fighting within the Decepticons while uh, Straxus is establishing this uh, space bridge for them. So we uh, we cut back to Cybertron. Um, Blaster's running out of time where he can hunt for Spanner. Um Perceptor and the rest of the Autobots make a move on Fortress Darkmount, which uh, distracts enough of the Decepticons that Blaster can uh, make his way stealthily towards the Space Bridge and sabotage it. And it's during that time that Blaster realizes that the Space Bridge is Spanner. So in a way, this this issue kind of made it a little bit easier for me to accept a little bit easier for me to accept that in uh, the Dark Cybertron story that uh, Transformers, uh, even in their particular modes, could be space bridges themselves. Whereas this is more of a literal space bridge, though. A literal bridge.
5: right?
4: Yeah, with a bot (coughs) named Spanner. Yeah. Blaster just has a bad time with with friends because it seems like um, both of the bots that were his friends from this issue and the last issue sacrificed themselves for the good of the Autobot cause.
0: Yeah, it does. And, you know, uh, you guys were saying last issue, too, that they've just, all these Autobots on Cybertron that have been there for the last four million years have just become so hardened from the war. And, you know, it's, it's. I think it's safe to assume that, you know, everybody's low on Energon. Everybody's at their wits' end. And, you know, they're down to, you know, to make any effective change. Sacrifice is kind of the on the table now. Yeah. So Blaster's Blaster's making his way across the space bridge. He's learned that Spanner is part of the space bridge. Straxus orders the bridge activated uh, and then comes down and he and Blaster are engaged in quite the fight where Blaster's able to uh, destabilize the bridge and ends up, <laughs> the word used, bonk, uh, kicking Straxus over the edge uh, and effectively killing him. Uh, this turns out, uh, being another, uh, another transformer kind of like, um, scrounge who, uh, doesn't live very long and everybody kind of wants an action figure for her. (laughs) So the, so, so Blaster along with the other, rest of the Autobots flee through the space bridge and end up on earth at the end of the issue. Um, they're greeted by a small, a small army and police and, uh, (laughs) <laughs> greetings earthlings is the last thing they say um, with uh, with a prelude to the next issue which must have been very exciting to to the kids reading it where it says uh, and coming up Omega Supreme for the next issue uh, I know that in the fan letters uh, in the transmissions section uh, a lot of people were hoping <laughs> for, for Omega Supreme to make an entrance in the comics do you guys have anything to say about the end
1: for all our UK readers who know uh, who know about Straxus, I guess th- this scene on the the second to last page makes it look like Straxus completely disintegrated. But in the uh, in the UK comics, they um, they said that his head survived. So Straxus is a head uh, without a body for a while in the UK comics, which take place you know in between the uh, the US issues. So he did live on in the UK comics just. But he never made an appearance back in the U.S. issues. And for all the Americans know, he was just dead.
0: So, who?
1: I mean, he went off the side
0: of the bridge, so who found his head?
1: I, I don't remember exactly how they explained that he survived, but they did have him survive, and he was, you know, ahead for a while, and he was still giving orders. I mean, people were still following the, the body, the head without a body for a little while, and then it got a little weird because like he transferred his consciousness into a megatron clone and then you know tried to take over the real megatron and it was it just uh it got a little weird and it was part of it was because uh Simon Furman had to weave in all his stories in between with what the US uh, comic was doing so you know if there was any kind of contradiction he had to kind of write and you know a story to get him out of it and that was that was what happened with having two Megatrons, and then Straxus was one of the Megatrons. So uh, if you you go to the TF wiki, it it does a better job. I'm
0: sure we'll review that in podcast 286 when we get to the UK
1: books. Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
4: once we finish with all the G1 stuff, then we'll go into the UK stuff.
0: Yep.
1: And I, I did like how at the end, you know, Spanner was begging Blaster to kill him and destroy the Space Bridge so that the Decepticons couldn't use it uh but in the end he he doesn't do that he can't bring himself to do that but uh when they get to earth you know perceptor says uh we can still warn the the autobots here on earth so that they at least can you know can try to counteract the decepticons and you know he, he perceptor congratulates blaster on at least doing that but but blaster thinks you know he didn't he didn't do enough you know he he should have destroyed the space bridge when he had the chance which is, you know, a bit of a, a down right. note to end the issue.
0: They're hardened, man. They are hardened.
1: I and I also like it, it's very different from the cartoon. You know, the cartoon Space Bridge is kind of just this, you know, more like a the transporter from Star Trek, where it like opens up this portal and you transport things through. But here, you know, it's it's a, bridge. It's a little bridge. very corny
0: because of that. <laughs> I think. Um,
4: yeah, yeah. I I prefer the whole <sighs> portal. Um, versions of Space Bridges.
0: I, uh, I also want to just uh, reiterate how much of a badass Blaster still appears to be and how much dif- how different that is from the animated portrayal of him. Um, these two issues are really worth your time to read if you haven't read them.
4: When I first read this um, like these issues Without having read them, you know, back when they first came out, it it was kind of jarring how different Blaster was because I was only used to the TV version. Right. But I mean, this is much better. And I think later comic interpretations, particularly IDW, has taken their cues from this version where he's more, he's a little more serious.
1: Yeah, I I definitely really like this Blaster. I, I think I. I mentioned when we reviewed 17 that he, he gets a little bit of the spotlight for a few more issues uh, later down the line, and I, I really liked his portrayal in the comics.
0: So we're doing things a little backwards today. Um, Want to remind everybody that uh, our review here of issue 18 of Transformers Classics was brought to us by 80stees.com. Um, I uh, I've been getting my Transformers shirts for my blog reviews from them for a while now, and they're great. Um, uh, I wash them in cold water. they don't shrink. the colors haven't fade i've uh, I've used them quite a few times already. Um, the other week, I was reading um, you know Daryl, you asked the you asked the question in the in uh, in our interview earlier today uh, what uh what do you prefer Marvel or d c? And uh, I was thinking about uh, the Marvel books I really like to read, and there is a series of Punisher books that i've I've been enjoying recently, and uh, I just finished the last one in the series which involved the Punisher and um, the Avengers. Uh, it takes the entire Avengers to bring down the Punisher, just so you all are clear. <laughs> um, and uh, I was looking for... A, a, it's, <laughs> how, how does it's, that work? <laughs> it's pretty interesting, and a lot of it is the internal conflict that the Avengers have individually regarding the Punisher um, and what he's currently doing in the storyline. But uh, I went to T's looking for Avengers uh, uh, shirts, And I found these, which are, uh, I'm not sure how to describe them, photorealistic, uh, very well-made shirts of, uh, you've got Spider-Man and the Hulk and Captain America and Wolverine and Thor. And I just think these shirts are badass. Um, I don't know how they'd look on my soft body. (laughs) But uh, I think they're pretty neat looking. Um, It seems like every time I visit the site, they've got something new up there. Uh, they've even got a really cool Marty McFly uh, uh, jacket shirt from uh, Back to the Future too. Um, I don't know, they make great products. Uh, I can't wait to place my next order and see what else I can get. Um, what do you guys think? Have you uh,
1: have you guys gotten anything recently from Eighties Tees?
4: I haven't gotten anything, but looking at some of these things, I'm I'm getting some ideas.
1: Yeah, these these comic shirts look look pretty cool. So, oh mm-hmm. man, they've
0: even got a Wrath of Khan shirt. I got a brother that would love that.
1: All right, just one tiny thing before we get off the classic comic. They had another letters page, and this letters page is the first mention of Shingo, which is kind of a running gag throughout the Transformers, uh, the transmissions letters pages in future comics. And you know, this this one guy wrote a wrote a letter about how his um his his uh eight year old cousin got him into Transformers comics, and his cousin's name was Shingo. And, you know, the 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 uh, people respond, hey, you know, th- thanks for your letter, but, you know, get Shingo to write in, and, you know, the next few letters pages have, every time they talk about the, you know, they respond to people's letters, they're like, where's the letter from Shingo? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I don't think he ever wrote in. You know, as far as I've read so far, he
0: hasn't, and that's kind of like an unsolved mystery for me. I want to know what happened, and I hope it was nothing bad, but I am curious, like, why, you know, what was happening on the other side of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, at least there's no information. Even the TF wiki has an entry on Shingo, (laughs) but it just says, you know, he he never wrote in, and we don't know who he was or anything, so, yeah. Yeah. We need to call in Robert Stack for oh, Unsolved Oh, God, mysteries. that's a throwback.
0: <laughs> Comic book's greatest Unsolved Mysteries.
1: <laughs> All right, um, so I think we'll, uh, we'll move on to our trips to the store, and I uh, think we'll close out the episode after that. All right, uh, Daryl, what did you get this week? Uh, this week, I... Uh I went to my uh, my local
2: Value Village. Now I think you guys have those in the U.S., don't you? They're uh, like people donate to those places, and then you go in there and you buy stuff for cheap.
0: Yeah, it's not the first store we go to as Americans, but we do have them. Yes.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, so it's generally like a Goodwill type of store. Uh, there's a couple of different places that go by the same go by different names, but they do the same thing. Um so I went I I went there the last couple uh you know little couple of days or so and I've been able to find a you know some some transformers. So the first one I found was a uh Reveal the Shield uh Strafe figure which is Voyager class. Um found it for 5 bucks and uh and it's complete. Um there wasn't any weapons with it at all so I mean just the figure by itself is complete which is kind of cool. 5 bucks not a bad price. Uh, I found Cybertronian Bumblebee from Generations. It's a couple years old, but four bucks—not bad at all. Uh, complete, um, so yeah, that's that was a pretty good score. Um, I found Dead End from Revenge of the Fallen, and eh, it's an okay. It's got a cool looking alt mode, but it's a pain in the ass to transform. That's for sure. Um, it only cost me two bucks, so I'm, I'm not really is know, that the one all that transforms that into
0: the muscle car?
2: No, that's the uh, Dead End's the Audi R8. The the next one I have for you though that's the muscle car that's uh, Cybertron downshift and it transforms into the uh, the Dodge Charger.
1: That's a badass figure. Mhm.
2: It only cost me three bucks, so yeah, I was pretty pretty happy with that. It wasn't. It's not complete. It's missing his guns. Um, but yeah, no, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And the last thing I got this week was uh, uh, more than meets the eye, number twenty five. That's the uh, issue we we talked about last week and i brought i got the uh the ri uh K cover
1: cool how'd you get the how'd you get the ri cover my
2: comic book store uh stocks them they get them in oh wow man nice. they they charge uh they charge 6 bucks for the oh, ri god covers. so so i i pick those up when i when i if if i like the cover anyway i mean i don't i don't go crazy on it but i i, I mean if i if i see it and i like it i'll pick it up you need to have a comic book store in your in your little Frozen tundra of a town. No,
0: um, with a population of 30,000, they just don't feel the. Uh, the we, we have a graphic novel store, and they just don't feel that they could sell enough issues of anything to justify uh, it coming in because everybody's got such a, a diverse. Uh, palette of what they want to read. I mean, a lot of people, you yeah. know, you got the indies who just want indie books. You got the people that want mainstream books, but not any two of them want the same mainstream book. And then you got me that wants Transformers no. and, you know, they're nice enough to carry that yeah. stuff for me, but yeah, uh, I went off on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes, they do need a comic book store, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeremy, what did you get this week?
4: Well, uh, it's, not for lack of trying, I have no toys. I've been to my Target today. I went to Toys R Us looking around and got nothing. The, the Toys R Us that, that I went to was um I, I was surprised. They have like no masterpiece. Pretty much all Beast Hunters, but you know, if I wanted a, a Transformers Prime first edition, I could've gotten like three or four different toys, including the Starscream I got for like almost forty bucks at TFCon a couple years ago. I could have gotten for fifteen. It wow! Pissed me Those off. are still kicking around, eh? <laughs> yeah, I think they were. Um, Hasbro finally like got them back into circulation in the U.S. But wow. um, I did stop by IKEA. That was that was actually the reason we were over in the area where this Toys R Us was, <clears throat> and I managed to pick up a uh, the NITJA picture f- or photo frame that Yoshi's talked about on his blog for um, framing comics and. <clears throat> I just got picked up one just to see how I like it, and it it, it looks pretty good. I need to get the the black um, the black mat to go with, like to set off the the comics. But I think I'm going to do a few more um, comics I have that I like to to frame and hang up. It worked out pretty good. And also, I got just a couple of IKEA light bars that I use to um, use on my shelves. So not really Transformers stuff, but it's, you know related to my Transformers collection.
0: Well, are you putting a Transformers comic in the frame?
4: Yeah, I'm going to use the, the More Than Meets the Eye number five that I picked up at um, <clears throat> at Steel City Con. And then probably my G2 number one that I have. Nice.
0: Those will look really good.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It was Transformers number five, the Marvel one. Yeah, right?
4: the, the um, Shockwave cover. All are dead. Yeah. Er, are
0: all dead.
1: Yeah, you, you you said More Than Meets the Eye number
4: oh, five. Sorry, I, I'm looking at the cover right now and it does say More Than Meets the Eye across the top.
0: That is such <laughs> okay. an awesome, wicked cover.
4: Yeah. hmm Yeah. Um, at work, we recently moved into an actual office with a door, so I think I might be taking a few things like that to hang up.
2: Nice. Oh, cool. Put a couple figures on your desk?
4: Yeah. Well, I've, yeah, I've had figures on my desk for a while, like some little Cyberverse figures, but I have, I've been in a cubicle. I haven't really been able to hang stuff up. Mm-hmm.
0: When, uh, after I started hanging up my comics in my office, my office became the office that whenever anybody else working there had kids visiting, they had to parade through my office to look at all the comics because I had the cool office with the comics hanging up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to be a crowd pleaser. <laughs> yeah, at least with the wee little ones. <laughs> All right, so Yoshi, what did you get this week? Uh
0: following in the footsteps of Jeremy, I uh, I picked up uh Vince DeCola DeCola's uh, uh Transformer soundtrack from the movie, the 86 movie. Nice. Uh and I picked up uh IDW's volume 3 of Transformers Regeneration One. And uh they're great. I, I I have a feeling Charles is right, and this damn thing is going to come out in a hardback after all the softbacks are out. But uh,
4: as the way things go these days, I
0: hate that double dipping bastards.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's sadly that, that's how they get you.
0: <laughs> so if anybody wants me to sign a softback for them, I'll send it to them. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but don't okay. sign it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Charles what did you pick up, sir?
1: So, uh, just like you, Yoshi I, I guess I'm following in your footsteps I also picked up uh, the Transformers the movie score by Vince DeCola and, yeah, they're doing a really good job with, like, getting it out like, I ordered it on a Tuesday and it came, you know, in just a couple of days. I mean, well, I was, I was out of town on business, but it was here for me when I got back on Friday. So they're doing a great job of, you know, getting those orders out quickly. And I really, I mean, in addition to just the CD with, the, with all the music on it, you get the really nice, uh, you know, liner notes, which are, which it's really a nice little it, package. They put so. a
4: lot of work into this. I mean, as much as I like digital music, this really shows how a physical disc um, does still have its place
1: yeah but but of course I, as soon as I got the disc I put it right into my computer and sucked it into iTunes oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know just putting up that first track you know it's got the you know I mean that's just you know it just takes you back you know I would have totally bought this
0: as a vinyl option if they'd offered it.
4: Yeah,
2: there is a vinyl. Or no, sorry, that's the soundtrack. I have that
0: one.
1: Um, yeah, on vinyl.
0: That's the only wow. version I have nice. too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, I got uh, got to my comic book store and picked up uh, Dark Cybertron chapter six, more than meets the eye number twenty five, and I got the regular, uh, you know, cover A Casey Collar cover, but. You know, that's still great. Casey Collar is a you know a great artist, so that's also a very nice cover. So, And that's what I got. Sweet. All right. Uh, so that'll wrap up this episode. Uh, again, we want to thank Dan for coming on and chatting with us. And be sure to check out his video reviews on YouTube. Uh, you know, he, he does some great reviews there. He also does a stream uh, on Ustream. And uh, be sure to check him out, Uh, but of course, don't forget our own Cybertronian Beast reviews as well. So check those out too. Yeah, come on. At the very
0: least, we should post a direct link to the uh, to the UStream that uh, Daryl was on. So if you have, so if you're going to watch one, (laughs) if you're going to test out this guy's, this is this is the one you need to watch, the one with Daryl.
1: Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so that'll wrap it up for us this week, and we will see you next week. So. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye. Bye, everybody.
0: Thanks for picking up our transmission. Give us feedback on our website at www.transmissionspodcast.com, where you can find all of our contact info on social media and links to all of our show notes discussed in each episode. You can also email us directly at feedback at transmissionspodcast.com.
1: Welcome to Transmissions, the founding pot... Oh, sorry. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't delete a word. Cut and paste error. Sorry. (laughs) You have one job, sir.